to the Country Hipster Podcast. That music that you just heard was none other than the Unholy Four from Charlottesville, Virginia. The song is called Dirty Knife. Go check that out on, where the fuck do they have it? Spotify and Apple Music. And, you know, you can check them out on Bandcamp and uh, all that kind of fun stuff. So just, you know, we've been talking about the Unholy Four for like, you know, five months now. So if you haven't checked them out, go check out the Unholy Fucking Four from Charlottesville, Virginia. To the far left is Adam, my brother and co-host, who is the country track listing query. I don't really, I didn't have a real good one, but you always ask me for track list. <laughs> well, I, I was I was saying um, before um, when you were you know sorting some stuff out, uh, I put the album on Apple Music, and I'm like, I don't remember this album being this long. I'm like, I don't mind it, but mm-hmm. I don't remember it being this long. And it's because I realized I was listening to the... What the fuck is that? That is an earwig. earwig. Yeah. Ugh. Um, we have all sorts of crazy shit here at the Oddswell Record Garage. Like, we had fucking... With the earwig going around, we have fucking sometimes fruit flies. We had the mouse on the the, the Cure episode coming up the wall. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like fucking crazy. It really is my garage. If anybody was wondering... And it really is the country. Yeah, and it really is the country. <laughs> it really, and, it, and this man who just spoke up to my, to my immediate left is... Mr. John Byrne from the John Byrne Band. So let's welcome John Byrne as our special Absolutely. guest here on the Country Hipster Podcast. So, John, before I let you get into too much, I have I have a couple questions for sure. you. Okay. So, number one, have you previously watched or listened to the Country Hipster Podcast? Yes. Have you? Yeah, but I didn't okay. know it was on Spotify. But you, you didn't know, know it was Spotify. Do. Okay, cool. It is. It's on Spotify yeah. and Apple Music and YouTube and all that kind of stuff. And what do you think of the Country Hipster Podcast? It's good. the greatest thing ever, right? It's, it's, it's actually really good because there's a lot of shite podcasts out there. Uh-huh. And I'll say this, yours is not shite. Well, thank you. So. I appreciate that. <laughs> Country Hipster Podcast, we're not shite. Not shite. I think, I think that's, you know, we were talking about getting like certain like shirts made up. And sure, I, think yeah. I think that might have to be, we got the, we got Country Hipster Podcast, we are not shite. What was the other one? Um, Country Hipster Podcast, I'm a minor celebrity in certain circles. Yeah. Got to like, you know, think, it's, not, think it's, it's, it's not going to listen to itself. There you go. That's a good, jam. <laughs> we're getting all this, we're getting all this good shit from John. Which well, that's the other question. So, so John is the singer and uh, and, a, and a musician um, in the Philadelphia area and beyond, and uh, he plays in the John Byrne Band. And which makes me ask this next question: When they recruited you to be <laughs> yeah, hired, it's really convenient. Yes, that they, you it, just yes. happened oh, to stumble man. upon that. So, I know. so was that because your name is John Byrne, or was it just a happy coincidence? Happy coincidence. Happy coincidence. Uh, yeah, I wish I'd put more thought into it. To be honest. It was originally a side project, okay, and and it was originally just going to be a solo album from uh, my old band Patrick's Head. We were kind of like tied up with this label thing, and so it was going to be a side project. And so I, I recorded this album after the wake, and and then I went to set up a website for just JohnBurn.com or something like that, you know. And and, um, and there's a Marvel comic artist by the same name who's, oh. who's apparently very very famous in that field. Okay, and. Um, so there was a thousand websites devoted to this guy. So I was sitting there going, oh, well, I'm going to call myself something else now. Or So I just started going through and John Byrne Band was available. And, and honestly, like I really saw the original record as, as a as a side project. Mm-hmm. I, I saw it as me doing, just making a record, making the album I really wanted to make just after having dealt with it, yep. label people and producers and you know partners that, that just weren't... Uh, I just wasn't happy with the situation. So that's that's what it was. I wish, I, I wish I'd called myself 
you know, bright eyes or the, <laughs> or the tallest man on earth or something smart like that, but <laughs> but it didn't. So uh, I was kind of stuck with it then, you know. So nice thing because the record did well, and so I'm like, all right, like this, this is this Just is what we have now. Keep going with it. It's good enough for Dave Matthews. It's good enough for me. There you go. <laughs> so what is the uh, what is the John Byrne band up to? <clears throat> Where can people find you? All that uh, it's was johnburnband.com. We're on all all the usual places you mentioned, Spotify and Apple. But if you, uh, yeah, you can go on the website. You can order albums, CDs. You can listen to your music the proper way, and, uh, and <laughs> that's how that's the only way bands make money. Um, you know yourself. Yep, I think we get like I a do. like a, a third of a cent per play. Otherwise, um, so it's a uh, yeah. We're we're playing all over the place played Longwood Gardens there the other night and that was brilliant and uh, we're making actually making a record so I'm sort of making two projects right now I'm doing a band record um, which we've done a bunch of basic tracking for and myself and my uh, my right hand man in the band Andy Keenan uh, we went into the studio and recorded a bunch of folk albums or folk rec songs to um, uh, that we're, we're going to sort through and see uh, see if we have a, a folk album nice. as well so so that's kind of where we're at. Um, we're busy. A lot of, you know, yourself, a lot of festivals in mm -hmm. September. And then in October, we've got to Ireland to play some shows. And then a couple of things in, in November. Uh, World Cafe show at the end of November. I was actually, and then, uh, it's funny you mentioned World Cafe. I was actually just at the World Cafe Live the other day. Um, and uh, not to sidetrack it from the John Byrne Band, but I, got, I went to see the Baseball Project. Ooh, and do you know what the Baseball Project mm -hmm. is? Adam, do you know what the baseball project is? You've talked about it. it's two of the original members of REM, if I'm not mistaken. You yep. were saying? Yep, it has Peter Buck and Mike Mills from REM. It has um, uh, Scott from the Young Fresh Fellas, and a guy uh, who's a you know solo singer songwriter guy named Steve Wynn, and then um, his wife Lindsay plays the drums. And she was in some other bands too that I can't think of, but it was a fucking great show. All their songs are basically about baseball, yeah, yeah, yeah. And baseball stories. And the coolest fucking thing about it, I don't have it on the wall yet, but I got, um, I bought one of their newest record and I got them all to sign it. And like, for me, it was like fucking number one, it's the closest I'm ever going to, to get to seeing REM live. Cause I never got to see him live. Oh, wow. And then I got to meet Mike Mills and, and Peter Buck and like, uh, and I even shook Peter Buck's hand. So like, like totally like, you know, 13 year old Paul was like, Oh my God, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. amazing. It's but yeah, so that, that was pretty cool. So when it, when is your world cafe live show? It's it's I know it's Black Friday. Okay. Which I think is the twenty fourth or twenty fifth. Right. Okay. Uh, I have to Let's double check. See. I think it's the twenty fifth. Um and after that, well, I'll be doing the Celtic Christmas show with, with Frank Daly and those guys in at the Keswick. And I don't we're kind of I am not sure what we're doing after that. Um I might take a I might take a wee break and get the album finished. Black Friday is the twenty fourth. Yes, I was 24th. about to say the same thing. So, so so if you go on the World Cafe mm -hmm. Live, um their website you can buy tickets to john's show at world mm -hmm. cafe live um on november the 24th so you should go and do that yes yes you should yes <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to be lining up outside of walmart killing someone that's for right. a half price telly you can, you can, you can just come Come go to our show. Go to the show and, we'll, and support uh, an international recording and touring artist. You know. We've never had an international recording and touring artist on here. No. no, we haven't. So you're like you're okay. like you're like the most famous person we've had on this uh, <laughs> this podcast so far, which is to say a lot because I'm pretty famous. I'm gonna yeah, I'm, I might put that in my bio now. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you actually do you remember the first time we actually met in person? Uh, 
now I'm gonna feel bad because it's okay. It's gotta be, it's gotta be at like one of the was it like, uh, the fly? Or it was the like fly. It was the fly. Okay. This is when I knew like okay, I like this fucking guy. Um, it was it was the fly <laughs> when it was at. It's not gonna it's not gonna make me in a pain no, in a good it, light, is it? But <laughs> no, it was at Petty Pack Park. Yeah, yeah. And you were standing at the side of the stage with uh, John O'Callaghan. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and you guys were talking about stuff and I was just, I would, I happened to be walking up and I say hello to John. He's like, Oh, Paul, do you know John from the John Byrne band? I was like, yeah, fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. And you were just like, all right, I fucking like you. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. That's what I knew you were cool. You weren't like, Oh, you, what the hell is that? You were just like, all right, no, you're, I'm sure my brain went to like, uh, all right. <sighs> yep. Maybe he's got a sister. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I do. And if you did, that's on you. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the other thing I remember, well, like, you know, early on from knowing, because I've known you yeah, not I mean, a handful of years now. 10 years yeah, ago, at least. Yeah, yeah. It's besides playing music. And, you know, when we lived in Fishtown and I wouldn't let you cross Oxford Street. Fair um, that's when I was the, <laughs> That's when I was the fattest hipster in Fishtown. And I turned into the country hipster. Okay. So, <laughs> That's that's what happened there when I when I left Fishtown I had to give up the fattest hipster in Fishtown <laughs> title, but then I moved up to the country so I'm the country hipster now. But um, I remember another time I don't I don't remember what it was uh, exactly that that we were at, but like we're there and you come up to me and you're like thank God you're here I don't fucking know anybody here. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, God damn, if I'm your safety net at this place, you're that that's pretty fucking bad. That I'm your safety I'm, net. Oh man, I'm, that- I'm, I'm, ter- I'm terrible in those situations. I really, I really, I still, I never got past sort of just being nervous and in, in like uh-huh. you put me in like a group of people. Even if I know sort of know a couple, I'm just, I'm, I'm still, I'm still the same like wallflower that I was when I was yep. like 16. I just don't have. I think that's. I mean, and and it's funny. It's, I don't think that's unusual among musicians. I think that's. A big part of the reason why we pick up instruments mm-hmm. in the first place it's kind of like yeah. you can almost like hide behind the guitar yeah exactly you, know I mean? yeah. you can just fucking say that all the time like you just yep like it's 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 weird you know you think people think you're 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 not you couldn't possibly be an introvert or shy or mm-hmm. like have crippling social anxiety and also get on stage but it's kind of like i remember seeing a it was a it was a, I think it was a line from like bruce springsteen's book that i remember listening to the audiobook version of it and he said something like, you know, I look at the stage and I, I wish I could be that guy. And and so and, and there's a there's a thing about that, you yep. know, where whereas if it's all, you know, we get on stage and you get on stage, and it's rehearsed. Yeah, everything is like we've rehearsed these songs. Yep. We know this stuff mm-hmm. really well. Where I I know the things I'm going to say between songs. Yeah, you know, I I can see the song coming up. I know what little snippet I'm going to tell or mm-hmm. what story I might tell here. And and it's 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 you know. But once once you're off the stage, all that control that you feel when you're on there is is gone, yep. and, and you're like, and, and oh I, god! I also <laughs> I have this tendency of fucking with John when I whenever I see him, especially <laughs> if we're playing the same places. So I remember one time we were playing down in a uh, South Philly, down in the Italian market, and Birmingham Six played that, yeah. first, and we had our set list up, uh, and so like I left it there, and I just wrote on the top of the set list, "John Byrne is a fucking asshole," <laughs> and just left left it there, like right, you know, because I knew we would be standing in the same spot, and I I, I left it there, and I know, um, am I saying name Moya? Mara. Mara, yeah, Mara, your uh, your fiddle player. I know she saw it because she saw it and looked at me, and I'm like, yeah, and she just started giggling and kind of walked away. And I remember you're standing there, and you're like you're like talking to somebody, and you're tuning up, and then I just see you look down, and you're like. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I was kind of hoping it was a song you wrote. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I love, I love, I love doing. It. I love fucking with other musicians when they're playing. But I'm, I'm the same way too. Like, I do you have the tough time talking to people like after a set or like in between sets when they're like, oh my god, like, the, and it's and it's because they're always well meaning. People are always really well meaning with it when they come up. Like, man, your set was great and da da da. And they want to talk about my music and like. I, I clam up I, it does I, I, believe it or not it does and it doesn't happen often but like i clam up and i'm like all right thanks man and then they like want to just keep talking and then finally i'm just like i gotta piss yeah and i might not have to piss but i gotta get away you know what i mean no, it's like i gotta I, find a way to get away i mean i i'm usually i'm the first person like at the merch table like after a gig okay uh, i think that's an important part of especially when you're at like my level where you, you have you really you know, you're the one who's going to be honestly like selling the CDs yes. and promoting the band and, and, and giving, I, I learned a lot from like being on, like doing some tours and stuff with like, uh, like the young Dubliners or mm-hmm. people like that, you know, who are, who are like, they're, they're at a, a you know, a, a national level yes. and, and, uh, seeing that every, you know, Keith, especially and, and Brendan, um, would be out like, like immediately. So everybody kind of got that connection. Mm-hmm. Like everyone, like so many people who were at those shows felt like they knew, like it was their friends on stage, right, right, right. You know, I mean, and this is this is when you might only be visiting that town like tw- twice a year or once uh-huh. a year, you know. But the, but you sort of it it is important, like to just sort of take that time. It's it's a I can't say it's not something I, I enjoy. Like I I do kind of enjoy that that part of it. Mm-hmm. It's a, you know, if it's if it's like a bar gig and it's just somebody who wants to like well, that's, scream in your ear, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's, that's where that's I get different, yes. you know. And it's uh-huh. just I'm like, yeah, man, I don't want to smell what you had for dinner, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> but but, yep. but like when it's at a when it's at your own show and you're there playing your own stuff and mm-hmm. it's you're you know I think that's a I, I don't I don't mind I like I like you know when when people come up and and uh, you know. So long as they're not kind of just yeah monopolizing uh-huh. it, like they're they, they sort of get the hint that no, let me I got to go talk to I got to yeah. talk to other people too. Yeah, but yeah. but mo- most people don't. It's great. It's a you know I, I enjoy cool. sort of so, that so aspect. You mentioned Young Dubliners. So I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a second to brag because I'm I'm actually very interested in myself. Who would you say is like the most like I guess famous person you ever like played with or or like open for or anything or toured open with for or Ian Gillen. Oh Pink really? Purple, yeah. Oh wow! <laughs> it, was a, it was a very strange show. Uh, but yeah, we were we were kind of asked. Um, it was Ian Gillen and like he, his backing band with these like like young dudes, big powerful players. Uh-huh. And, uh, and backstage was kind of funny. Like he, Ian had a had a mani- manager. I don't know if it was somebody he was in a relationship with. She was a woman. This is a few years ago. But uh, but I remember she was like her. A big part of her job was I think keeping. Ian on the straight and narrow uh-huh. before, right, right, right. before going out on stage, I, and I, I don't know much about his history, you know. But he, he felt, he felt like a kind of a just a that cool older rock star guy, bit of a kind of an Aussie vibe, uh-huh. you know. And and uh, and we were backstage, and he was like he was super interesting. Let us take pictures with him, let us chat with him, and all that stuff. We went out and did our thing. And and it was funny because we're playing f- for people who like for me like looking out it was like oh, it was all these like old guys in their forties <laughs> <laughs> with like denim jackets and deep, right. you know deep purple stuff and and we were we were doing our but we were in acoustic three piece at the time but they were they were getting into it and they were like banging the stage and it was it was cool so we really enjoyed it but I remember thinking like this set is gonna be strange yeah you know, like walk, walking out because because I knew part of it was there was a there was a contest I think it was. Maybe MMR or YSP or one of the Philly like rock stations were were promoting the show, mm-hmm. and it was a contest. And, and the part of the contest was if you if you win you get to uh, 
play Smoke on the Water. Oh, jeez. With Ian Gillen. So, <laughs> so I was kind of like, you know, all of, all of like my sort of, this is hokey kind of yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. senses were going off. But he came out on that stage and yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. You kind of just step back and go, the guy's brilliant. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's like, he just, you know, he just walks, you just see someone who just effortlessly owns the stage yeah, and, yeah. and wasn't kind of like the, the sort of, I, 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 I don't I'm trying to think of it because it's not it's not like grandpa figure because uh-huh. he wasn't that old you know what I mean but but he sort of you know he seemed like it was like a little a yeah. little beat up it, by the by the years you know and, it's and, like and a then, switch flip then he just came out on out stage there, yeah. and he had his shirt open uh-huh. down to here and he's giving it all that yeah. you know but that's great yeah I mean uh, we, I mean there's a few festivals that we've I'm trying to think you know the green cards we opened up for Luca Bloom. I played with Luca Bloom oh, quite wow. a few quite a okay. few times. Cool. He's brilliant. Saw Doctors. We played with the Saw Doctors. Oh, now that's cool. Um, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, that was really. We actually. Played, they, I know they just did a tour over here, or just not a tour really, but they just did I think a couple of shows. But right. but the last time that they were in the U.S. Um, the last time the only the last time they were in Philadelphia, we were the opening band. Nice. I remember because we were we were scheduled to play at Fado that night. Oh, okay. We got the call to open for the for the saw well, doctors. Well, then you go open the TLA, for the saw doctors. And I had to kind of yeah. go crawling at the Fado, who, who at the time were giving us a ton of work, and uh, I was like, hey, hey, listen, <laughs> you, but you got, this is you, going to sound bad. It's kind of like I, I mean, I had to do the same thing this year because we got the free at noon show on on XBN. Nice on Paddy's day, but of course I had a you know it's Paddy's day. Yeah. I had a gig lined up uh-huh. for months in advance, and I had to kind of go, hey, <laughs> <laughs> I feel because my my initial my initial reaction was like. We can't do it. Like I can't. Yeah. I can't cancel. You know, I can't cancel on Paddy's Day on yeah. something because that's just rotten. But but I did get I did get someone to cover. So well, that good. was kind of like uh, last minute. So right but uh, yeah, I, I I'm sure there's people I'm not thinking of. Sharon Shannon. Oh, that was that was such a pleasure. She was amazing. Cool. Um, Lisa O'Neill. Um, I some some like we we would often get like we would often get to open for people who are very big in Ireland. Uh huh. And. Like wouldn't ha- wouldn't be playing would be playing like big rooms in Ireland, but wouldn't be playing. Right, would be playing, playing like the Tin Angel over here, yeah. you know, or, or that oh, sort of. I miss the Tin, tin Angel. Oh, so I miss that's a cool, play that's so, cool place. Miss that place so much. Yeah, but like the Tin Angel or World Cafe or Sellersville or like that the kind of the level of of venues yep. that, that I was playing in anyway. Um, they'd be playing in those when they were on on the road over here. So we so we would get but we would get to open for them. But that's happened like le- so much less frequently. Um, uh, since COVID, and I think I think even before COVID, it just it was getting more and more difficult for for foreign acts to get the visas and uh-huh. all that kind of stuff. So they, a lot of them just stopped coming over, you know. Yeah. Um. So and and also just I know is a lot of the venues that we used to play at their their rotation now is very heavy heavily uh, like tribute bands. Yeah. So, yeah, I've um, seen that too. Yeah. I mean, as a segue into what we're going to be talking about, yep. like I did a sort of a Pogues thing. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, we'll get into and, that. Yeah, I have to I have yeah, that on yeah. my list of um, things to talk about. It just wasn't it just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, one of the things I do remember and I don't I'm assuming you didn't do this for me cuz I remember one time you were playing with Lisa Loeb Ooh. and I remember messaging you and saying you need to grab me Lisa Loeb's glasses and I still don't have Lisa Loeb's glasses. Yeah, they were prescription, and she really needed them. <laughs> like I, they, I, they were, <laughs> that would have been great, though. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, enough of your bragging bullshit. All right, <laughs> Adam, what are you drinking there? Uh, I just happened to find another one of the Nishemni Creek uh, Rita's Peach Rain. Yeah. Cool. Oh wow. Yep, yep. If there's not it's another like a one, sour ale or it's a tart. It's like a tart, okay. but it's it's 
Not a sour, oh, it's fucking delicious. Their really stuff is. is so consistent. It's so good. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it is. If if there's not another one, if you want to, if you haven't added it, and um, there's a, the other one, and there's a mango. Okay, so we, I think there's another peach in the fridge. We can we can grab you that peach. Okay. Or what I'm, you, you I'm do, usually like a more of a straight kind of yeah. IPA stout. Okay, guy, but you could also but, uh, watch. I our, do I do enjoy a sour. I like I like sours. Yeah. yeah. You can watch our last episode where we actually did a uh, tasting and, and review of all three yeah. of the readers' uh, oh, combinations wow. with the Chamonix Creek, which actually leads me to my next thing so actually first i will say that john and i are drinking a nice 2021 chamberson from winecomb vineyards which is up here in, in bucks county uh, this is really good specific yeah, local it's, it's, they are yeah. local yeah they're in furlong um sorry bucks i didn't mean county. to make that sound like a, no. like local vineyards couldn't make good this well, is really good well no it's funny you say because i know a lot of people who will say i don't like pennsylvania wines no good wines come out of pennsylvania and i call bullshit on that I've had wines from like not. I haven't gone to California. I, you know what I mean. I haven't. Yeah, I yeah. haven't done Napa Valley or anything like that. But I've had. I've had Napa Valley wines. I've had Semi Valley wines. I've had Oregon wines. I've had Washington wines. I've had Pennsylvania wines. Like all over. I've had French wines. I fucking love wine. There are areas that yes, just do it better because they've been doing it longer, or the climate and the soil mm. makes a difference. But there are so many good. Pennsylvania and South Jersey wineries out there like people don't give them a chance and and like one day I'm going to do it I have a friend of mine who lives like five minutes from here who's like he will like fucking I won't drink any fucking Pennsylvania wine so I'm going to get him over here one night and I'm going to get a mix of wines mm. and I'm going to put them out I'm going to do a fucking blind t- taste test and I guarantee yeah. that he he not saying they won't be able to tell the difference, but I'm yeah. guaranteeing that he will find some wines that he likes. That's that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But yes, yeah, so so this is this is the Chamberson from uh, Wycombe Vineyards, which I happen to be playing this Sunday oh, from hey. two to five. You like that segue? Nice. You like how I do that? So um, <laughs> so if you have nothing to do Labor Day weekend, which is this is Labor Day weekend, so thank you to your uh, local labor union for uh, getting us an extra day off uh-huh. this weekend. Stop by Wycombe Wineries. Try this delicious Chamberson. This is the 2021 vintage. I don't recall if I've had their other vintages. Um, usually when I go there, I'll, I'll drink like this Smokehouse blend. And Smokehouse, I think it's just called Smokehouse Red, which is a blend of their wines, which I always love. And the uh, the one owner, that's what she always drinks. But then when I played there last time, she was drinking a Chamberson. And I'm like, what? You're, you're not drinking a Smokehouse? And she's like, our Shamerson is really fucking good this year. So that's why I got this. Mm. And this is really fucking good. It's really good. It's really, mm-hmm. it's really smooth. And it's, it's like jammy, but not in a sweet way. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Not at all. Which is, which is kind of a little bit what I find sometimes with sort of the, I'm not saying, I'm saying like East coast wines right. in general, you know, that it's a, I, I don't know. It's maybe, nice. Maybe they need to add things. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly. But, but that is okay. So that is one of the things I was going to talk about. So I found out, didn't, didn't really know that was like really a thing. Um, Jack, our uh, producer and editor and director and you know everything else that Jack does, um, turned me and Katie. We we went away for the weekend. We were up in like uh, Wellsboro, PA, like up uh, camping in like fucking four hours from here, and turned us on to this website called Wine About It, um, which um, generally what they'll do. It's funny what he was telling me. He's like, well, they drink wine, but they, none of them actually like wine. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's all, it's it's these two women, um, uh, QT Cinderella and Michaela something or other. I can't forget. I can't remember Michaela's last name, so I apologize for that. But you should check it out. Wine about it is the the name of the podcast, and um, 
the episodes we were listening to, they weren't really talking about wine at all. Mm. Um, they were just they were talking about actually a lot about mental health and you know mm. their lives in general, which I thought was which was pretty interesting as well. But uh, but they do they do like drink wine and they'll drink other drinks and whatnot. And and then the the one um, host dropped like, yes, well we are we're not drinking today, but we are a drinking podcast. And I'm like, wait, there's a drink there's a such thing as a drinking podcast. And I, and Jack's like, yeah, I'm like are we a drinking podcast? He's like, Oh God, you are absolutely a drinking podcast. So I've, I've only been promoting this as a music podcast. So I'm going to continue promoting it as a music podcast, but this is that's absolutely, it's another t-shirt. just says a drinking podcast. There you go. A drinking podcast with a music problem. There you go. There you go. We should write that down. So, so I, so we are officially, not only are we a music podcast, we are officially a drinking podcast as right. of today, which that's makes true. sense since we're, you know, the whole, um, and I'm your idea. first guest. That's and your first of, guest as of, a, as part of the drinking podcast, kind of racist, even over Irish, but you know. well, you know, Hey, listen, listen, we, you know, I am wearing my, my green shirt for a reason yeah <laughs> which there's another you? perfect fucking segue because we have this dublin fuck here i'm wearing my green t-shirt and we are here to talk about the pogues if i should fall from grace with god so first let me if uh since you say you've seen the podcast i don't think you have i think you're a fucking liar i did okay all right i so. didn't see the last one i meant to tune in for the joshua tree one <laughs> yes but, I, but, well, I, but when i th i think when i th thought i was going to be able to make it up for that i was uh -huh. like i better see what this is about no uh, yeah you so. probably check it out first uh, see so like what do i really want to be a part of this you know which is understandable you know because we are uh we're we're suspect oh, I, see. I thought you were going to say alcoholics <laughs> well, no no well we do have a drinking podcast yeah. now so it is possible um oh which i will say this when i looked up i actually googled drinking podcast and like the first like 10 um uh uh finds is that like they're all about like you know recovering alcoholics yeah, and, yeah. and so not drinking and how to have a good time without alcohol and whatnot so as much as we are having a good time with alcohol i will say that if you if you are in recovery of alcohol or drugs you know betting you know gambling whatever it is you know please if you if you think you need help reach out get help talk to somebody um we are not trying to like lead you down a path we just we don't we don't admit to our drinking problem yet. So, um, you know, I won't say that we won't, we don't have one, but right now we are celebrating it. Um, and, uh, if you, if you feel you need help, please reach out to somebody, get the help that you need, uh, to get into recovery and, and to stay in recovery. So we do support you here with that. Um, but, um, if you're trying to do that, this probably isn't the podcast you want to watch. So, but anyway, the factoids on if I should fall from grace with God. So started off here. This is the third studio album from the Irish folk punk band, the Pogues. It was released on January 18th, 1988, which was which was just after the biggest hit single, Fairy Tale New York, was released in November 1987. We will get into Fairy Tale New York in a little bit. Uh, this is the band's best-selling album. Uh, it peaked at number three on the UK charts and hit the top ten in several other countries, none of those countries being America. Um with this album came three new band members. Um, Phil Chevron. Let's give it up for Phil Chevron. Rest in oh, peace. Yeah, yeah. God bless him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He joined on guitar. Wait, can I pause you for a second? Yes. Are any of the next people you're going to say also dead? 
No. Okay, because I had to get a beer. Not that I'm aware. <laughs> Not that I'm aware. Um, and so <clears throat> Phil Chevron. Wait, Terry um, Woods is still around. Is he Terry Woods? Terry Woods, I believe, is still around. Yes. Which which he actually yeah, joined yeah. joined for this album is all on the sithrin and other instruments, mostly like folk instruments, mm-hmm. uh, mandolin. He was kind of a legend. Know. I mean, he was like. Sweeney's man. I mean, he was a folk legend. Like, was he already? Yeah. Okay. You listen to like I don't know if you listen to like the likes of Planksty or that, but sort of I'm not. Oh wow! You should listen to Planksty. You love him. I mean, the, sort okay. of the precursor to sort of the likes of Planksty was a band called Sweeney's Men, which had Andy Irvine and uh, but Terry Woods was was part of that, and um, yeah, it was kind of like a like a legendary, uh, you know, folk arranger and and musician. Uh, Okay. Like I mean, him him joined the. I mean, I was I I was too young to sort of know when it was happening, but I can imagine that the 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 gravitas that he must have lent to the Pogues mm-hmm. at that time, because they were still sort of because they'd come from from London. A lot of the I re, I remember sort of being a little kid and sort of my dad and his friends like thinking like the Pogues were kind of like eh, you know, mm-hmm. they weren't they were shiting all over Irish music, you right. know, like it's sort of like a, a, so I can imagine that sort of someone like Terry Woods joining. Was um, I think probably more monumental than a lot of people would would uh, would could 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 imagine, you know. Well, looking back now, and it's funny because because you know, side note to that. Well, actually, let me go through the through the changes in the in the um the uh, the lineup there. So Terry Woods, as you mentioned, he joined the band, um, and then Daryl Hunt was brought in on bass, and he replaced Kate O'Reardon, who. Um, Ran off with Elvis Costello after he produced the Pogue's second album, Rum, Rum, Rum Sodomy, and The yeah. Lash. Um, uh, she basically like stopped showing up for shows and shit and was hanging out with Elvis Costello too much. And they eventually did get married and so on. And now they're divorced. Yeah, and, yeah. you know. But again, side note, Chevron and Woods were the only two members actually born in Ireland. Yeah. Um, the rest of the band was not... Even Shane <laughs> McGowan was born in London. Mm-hmm. Um, he lives in Dublin now? Does he live in Dublin? I know he lives in Ireland. He doesn't live in London anymore, right? I'm not sure where he lives. I think he lives like a little, just a little south of Dublin. Yeah, I think like on the baby. Right, because somewhere his... near Bono, I think. Okay, <laughs> somewhere and, near Bono's house. And if I, if I, if I recall correctly, I believe it was his. His dad was from London, and his mother was originally from Dublin. No, no, it was both his parents. Both were Irish, his parents. Yeah. Well, oh, okay, we're Irish. But listen to it's a great documentary actually with the same name. If I should fall from grace with God, okay. And you hear his dad. His dad is. The, Thick Dublin accent. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. I think I think nice. his dad's from. Well, he, his dad could have been from. I know the, the mom was from Tipperary, or the or the where where he used to stay in the summers. I think was was around Tipperary. Okay. Um, with a, an aunt or a grandparent or something, but uh, like listening to his his parents being interviewed, I they, the dad definitely the dad sounded like my dad. Oh, you know? really? Yeah, he was talking about like the. He was talking about the English police, or I think he was talking about the headmaster in Shane's school mm-hmm. that that the school was like trying to kick him out, and, <laughs> and his dad was like, "I told him to go fuck himself." You know? I was like, <laughs> I was like, that sounds like my home. <laughs> speaking, speaking of your dad, we got to uh, raise one up gosh, for it. Cheers, Mr. Burns. Aye. All right. Um, so yes, yeah, so um, Chevron and Woods joined the band. Uh, they were also the first ones to contribute it with original songs that were not written by Shane McGowan and Jen Jem Finer. Um, so that that uh, definitely changed it. Um, this album moves away from like strictly like a folk punk um, type of influence and adds pop, jazz, like a Spanish influence, mm-hmm. while still holding true to the to the Irish roots that are there in Rum Sodomy and the Lash. If anything, it's like 
it's definitely a step forward for the band. I don't think I don't think they 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 changed like fundamentally. I don't think they changed. I think they took a step forward and polished it a little bit more. In my opinion, between the two, between you know, when you look at uh, uh, Red Roses for me and Rum Sodomy and the Lash, and then you go into you know, if I should fall from grace with God, it's like, it's like you're here and you just went here, but you're still mm-hmm. on that same path. It's yeah, just a uh, little nicer. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, it's, I go back and forth as to which is my favorite, uh, Pogues album mm-hmm. between those two. Okay. Um, but this is such a, I mean, I listened to this just sort of, you know, uh, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an album that it's funny. I was listening to it thinking to myself, like I, I, I get all the same feelings from this record as I did when I first heard it at like yes. 15. And and it was you know like back then it sort of blew me away because it was so different from everything you'd heard and we would sort of been like I think I think I before because before they did this they had recorded um, uh, the Irish Rover with the Dunners uh-huh. yes. because I think because I think they were they were they had I know they had a record contract issue I think Stiff Records, Stiff records yeah, went that's... into went into administration or yep. something so they had they couldn't do anything for like a for a couple of years Adam I need a beer. And, um, <laughs> But uh, so we so we were kind of they were thank they were, you. They were kind of, <laughs> yeah. But they were kind of uh, starting to sort of uh, their reputation was starting to grow. Uh-huh. I, mean, I think they had done. I think sort of them teaming up the Dubliners to do a couple of songs was a big thing. I got them on like top of the pops, right? You know, like the the Pogues and the Dubliners on Top of the Pops was, right. like, a, was like American Bandstand for yep. those of you who wouldn't know it was, it, was kind of, it was like a top 40 show right. went out every Thursday you were on Top of the Pops you were, chances were your, your record was going to shoot up the chart you were, you you were already there or you are yeah. about to be there and, like and if you got on Top of the there. Pops and your record was like at number 36 you were going you were going into the top 10 you yep know? you were going to the Top but, of the uh, Pops yeah yeah, exactly. yeah. but uh, so What's cool about this, so so the CD version of this album that came out includes two tracks that are not on the LP or the cassette, uh, which they are South Australia and the Battle March Medley, which, honestly, I never really put that together because um, I had the CD growing up. Um, and I do, I mean, obviously I own the, the album on vinyl, but I know when I was listening to this, like, I didn't really... I didn't miss those songs, you know what I mean? And then like yeah. as I'm like, oh fuck, there's there's no South Australia on here. The Battle March Medley's okay. I don't I think that's an instrumental, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I didn't really miss that that much. But South Australia, it's funny that I kind of missed that it was on the LP since we actually covered the Pogues version of, of South Australia on our first album, uh, Birmingham's first album, Irish oh, Fashions. Wow. To the point where I can't I'm not that good. I'm sure you've noticed, I'm not that good of a guitar player. So um They'd have that little like lick and it'd be ding 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 It's all on like the acoustic guitar. I couldn't fucking do that. I still can't fucking do that. And that was 2008 when I was even I was even just slightly removed from being a bass player, um, to to be playing guitar. So actually, our producer, um, uh, Brett Talley, actually plays that on on the album. Like he played oh, really? that. He played the original like the lean like that's on our our copy our our cover of it. And then you know then I play the rest of the guitar in it. So and I still can't play it. Um, so and that's another thing too about this speaking of covers so the cover that was released in the north america's um you know north america uh canada and the u.s is different than this cover this is the cover that was released all around the world um which has the guys sitting there with their with their instruments it's a little glary right now where is the cover for the um 
the CD and, and the vinyl in the U.S. Um, is all the members, and it's like a fake photo. They've actually mm. photoshopped their faces standing next to James Joyce. Mm. And James mm. Joyce is actually he's the uh, the great Irish author, and his face is actually in there. But um, but it's all those guys, which is which I again I didn't even put it together until I'm like, oh fuck yeah, the cover I had on my CD was different. Um, critically, this was well received. As I said, it was charted number three in the UK and certified gold in both France and the UK, which means it sold over a hundred thousand copies in each of those countries. Yeah. Respect. Uh, Respectfully, right? Is that how Respectively. Respectively. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. As we know, I have trouble with words and grammar here. So seems to get worse as I drink. And um, But as Tom pointed out last week, if you give me French, I can do that without yeah, you, like you fucking thinking about it. You can pull Menage a Trois out of I can do. I can. <laughs> I have not pulled a Menage a Trois off in many years. Yeah. So... Um, in 2006, Q Magazine placed it 37 on the list of the of the best of the 40 best albums from the 80s. It was also included in the book 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die, which now I actually want to check out that book, mm-hmm. and ranked 975 in the 2000 edition of the all-time top 1000 albums by Colin Larkin, who is the creator and editor of the Encyclopedia of Popular Music. Um, so since we've really basically have kept Adam silent for the last 37 minutes and made him our bartender, that's fine. Adam, what are your feelings on this album? Um, it's fucking terrible. No, um, <laughs> uh, when I, when I first heard the first time I heard the Pogues, it wasn't the Pogues playing it. It was Paul. Um, first time I ever heard the Pogues, it was Paul and you mentioned Brett, um, or Brett, they're not together anymore Susie yeah yeah no they're not. yeah they're Brett not. um uh Paul's ex-sister-in-law um he, and my ex-brother-in-law yeah they um uh, it was Paul and his and his ex-sister-in-law playing fairy tale of New York at a uh I believe it was at that coffee shop in Happero yes yeah which um, is no longer daily grind is what yeah it was daily called. grind and now I believe it's a um I believe it's a ta- it went to it became a, a sushi place and I believe now it's a tattoo parlor nice um but uh, I yeah I remember um, uh, hearing it and, and and liking it initially, um, mainly because the I mean when the first time I heard Paul played I was probably I don't know anywhere between eleven and thirteen, <laughs> and they say a, a very inappropriate word in the song and I was like oh that's funny yeah, well, yeah. um uh, but yeah and I remember you know I I I just always love the song I remember saying to Paul after the fact you know what's the name of that song um that you guys played um and i think i actually uh i, re- I referred to it as like a, the I, not the the word i uh said as like i don't remember like anything else besides Susie calling you um a scumbag mm-hmm. and you're like oh fairy tale of new york and i'm like cool um and I remember having, and I believe I got it from Paul as well. I remember having a burnt copy of this CD, um, and really, really enjoying it, and um, really, just you know, it wasn't. It was. I Paul's talked about. I listened to a bunch of pop punk and emo bullshit. So this wasn't like anything that I ever, you know, this was anything. Any it's completely different from any of the shit that I listened to at the mm-hmm. time. Um, and it was really good and it was really catchy and it just was fun to listen to. Um, 
uh, Paul actually, my uh, my 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 we- uh, wedding song was actually the Pogues. My wedding song yes. was um, "Love You Till the End" by the Pogues. Paul played it at, oh. at the reception. I did, and that's when that fucking ginger, that little fucking ginger bitch. Yeah. The, I'm sorry. I actually <laughs> love her. I love her to death. What's her name? Caitlin. Yeah. <laughs> so our brother Zach, uh, his his uh, one of his daughters um, was like three years old at the time, um, and uh, I I hadn't met her. Um, there's a whole backstory to that, so don't be like, how did you not fucking talk? Although I didn't meet Haley until she was like three either, and she is a direct kid. But that but was there's, a whole... There's also there's a whole, there's also whole backstory, whole backstory to that too. for that as but, well. All right, so, so we're at Adam's wedding, right? And I get up, and I play I play this song, and I'm fucking feeling good about it. I'm like, fuck yeah, I just fucking nailed that. Adam yeah, and his yeah. ex-wife, they're, they're dancing. You know, I, uh, if you ever like really want to make sure a marriage is successful, don't involve me. Apparently, is <laughs> is is the uh, key there. But at any rate, so I fucking played great. I'm like, oh man, I felt really good, man. They looked happy, and I sat down, and the little fucking ginger looks up to me, and she's like, Paul, why did you why did you do that? And I was like, because they asked me to play their song and sing their song for them so they could dance to it. And she's like, that was horrible. <laughs> I just, I just, I just look at her mom. I'm like, yo, Becky, your kid, she's a fucking asshole. But I was just like, God damn it. But I, I do, I do love that kid. We yeah. have the same birthday. So, yeah. so I gotta, you know, I give her, I give her a hard time for that. But I was just like, God damn it, you little ginger. Ah. Um, so yeah, but I don't right, go on Adam. Yeah. Um, so basically everything that I know, um, about the Pogues comes from Paul. Um, actually I was, um, uh, very recently, uh, my girlfriend, uh, we I played Fairy Tale of New York for, her, and she has said to me countless times before that she does not care for Irish music, um, but she fucking likes if I should fall from grace with God, mm-hmm. specifically Fairy Tale. Like her, she'll she same thing. How I asked you, she would be like, "What's the song? What's the what's the song with the chick where she calls him?" And I'm like, oh, "I got you." <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, kind of, uh, so Paul turned me around, turned me on to Irish music. I'm kind of trying to turn my girlfriend around on Irish music through this album. And, uh, I think it's working. Okay. I was playing a bunch of other stuff, um, a bunch of other stuff from it that she was really enjoying as well. So if you want to continue on that path, do yourself a favor and do not play anything from the John Byrne band. So just, you know. Because she'll leave you from. <laughs> it's understandable. I, mean. <laughs> I wouldn't like, blame he's her. He's so romantic. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But yeah, on on I I was excited when I when you Paul uh, or initially gave me his top twenty his twenty five albums, I was like fuck, can't wait for that one. Uh-huh. And then it came and I was like awesome, I can't wait to talk about it. And then I realized I would have to make a top three and a bottom one, and I was like. Fuck, that's gonna be difficult. Yep, it's because really hard. It's a good fucking yeah. album. It's it so is. yeah, it's top to bottom. And I was saying to Paul, I was listening to the wrong version of it. I was listening to the hour and four minute long. Oh, so you were listening to like the, the the songs after Worms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, which um, oh oh, I want to say so so I might fuck up and and we don't we don't we can't talk about our top three or our bottom one yet. But I will say that I am not counting Worms as a real song. 
<laughs> I'm screwed. Though. So, so <laughs> that's your least favorite. So I'm not <laughs> because I have the not counting song. that as a real song. Kind of like, yeah. kind of like with the that fucking stupid on, on, intro on, to, on to brand new. new. Yeah. I'm like that's not a real song. I know it gets its own track and it's a minute thirty long and da 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 all this yeah. kind of shit. That was crawling in the yeah, worms you know. out. But no, I'm not. I'm not counting worms as a real song. Okay. Like, so Good. you got. So a, that's I, your I, least. You got it. You got to think of something else. I had to back up because I figured that might be the case. Okay. But yeah, it's just it's. Um, it's trying to like listening to this album. Like it, I even the hour long ver. I listened to the hour long version of this album probably like eight or nine times in the past in the past few days. Um, and I'm like every time it comes, every time I I, I run through it, I get to um the ex- the expanded version ends with South Australia. Yep. So when it South Australia finishes, I'm like fuck. I'm like I, I gotta listen again. I gotta go again. So to 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 try to narrow down a bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I had difficulty with it too, man. You could you could put the track listing on a wall, chuck a dart at it, and anything it hits could be in your top three. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a really really fucking good album. I'd probably I'd, I might argue that it's so far, at least in my opinion, it's the best album that we have covered. I I think um, it's the best complete album that mm-hmm. we've already uh, that we've already like there are albums that i that we've covered that i personally I say hold, if, hold if, more if dear. i had this yeah. on vinyl it would have gone on my right. top it, it would have gone on my 25 and a heartbeat right um so so there there are albums that that we've already covered that i would i would if i was right you know doing like my rankings like because mm-hmm. that's the thing with this 25 we didn't really do the rankings you know what i mean um but like i have mentioned how there were a couple albums where it was like bang 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 yeah this actually wasn't like an immediate like grab oh, really? for me no it was my second tier immediate grab like oh, okay. i had my like first five or so where i was like boom 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 yes these absolutely have to be in there then i kind of had to like first first time look about oh yeah well, i have to have this fucking album in here um although thinking about it i'm like trying to think i know i have one other thing by them in my collection. I know I have Pogatry in Motion, which is like an EP in my collection. Don't... It's amazing. It's amazing to think that if that album with like Rainy Night in Soho and Body of an American, oh. like I don't even know what they'd replace. I know, but imagine like yep. like the 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 level of songwriting and and not just like the level of songwriting, but how like every song that they were every song on that record on this record was was thought through so carefully yep you know what i mean like you never know exactly where the song is going to go mm-hmm. like it can go you know like you listen to like turkish song of the damned and it's got this sort of minery like weird sort uh-huh. of the, the, the drum beat and yeah. then then it sort of clicks into this super catchy chorus but but the the story behind the song is uh-huh. like is like a guy who like stole money from a sinking boat yep and is like his 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 mate who went down with the boat and he's on some island somewhere his mate is going to basically come up and like drag him yep. down again and your your money won't save you like it's like it's so there's so much darkness and so much coolness and it's a uh, um, I'm sure you you probably saw like the funny story about that I actually title. haven't I actually haven't no. apparently it came from like a there was a B-side it was, they were on tour in Germany and The Damned you know the, the uh-huh. band The, the Damned, Damned yep. had, a, had a single out and on the B-side it was called like the the turkey song or something <laughs> the turkey song or and someone said to Shane McGowan like do you like uh, the Turkey song by the Damned, uh-huh. and he sort of heard the Turkey song of the Damned. Oh, that's great! And that's apparently where the where the title came from. Oh, that's pretty great. But, um, well, but it's you know, but how you're saying about how the song's so well thought out and it has so all that the stuff. So the arrangements, and I, and I kind of I'm, I I I always wonder if like how much 
sort of the likes of Terry Woods had mm-hmm. in terms of like because you listen to like you listen to to uh, Red Roses for me mm-hmm. great record but yep. it's pretty straight yes all the songs are pretty straight it's like energy you know yep and same uh, to a, to a degree. Uh, uh, Rumsfeld got more ornate. It did, I think, and, and I think, uh, I, in and my Elvis, opinion, and it's the Elvis Costello. Imp- yes, I well, think I mean, that's his 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 influence, his, his influence also, like you know, but it, the the there was there was more there was clearly more thought, you know, there's more arra- right. a little more arranging going on, um, but then like you do take it to 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 Fall from Grace of God, and and I don't even know, like I mean, the, the first of all, it sounds brilliant. Steve Lillywhite mm-hmm. was was probably the, the hottest producer in, in the UK at the time. Right. Like he was doing, you know, all the early U2 stuff and everything. But like, and it's still to this day, like these are all acoustic instruments and you listen you listen to that record and they're, they're all, they're all right there. They're yep. all right where they're supposed to be, yep. which, is, which is incredible for, you know, anything. Like you listen to mm-hmm. most albums from the 80s and you kind of go, all right, that's that's of its time. Uh-huh. You know? Whereas this is like, it's, this ti- is timeless. it's timeless. Yes, yes. Yeah. But the, arra- the arrangements, like all the way through, like you never know where the where right. where a song's gonna well, go. And that's the thing with the Turkish song and like you have like that co- that the verse, which is like, and it's kind of like spooky, and then it goes into this like like this dancey almost chorus, sea shanty ish kind of. Yeah, and then at the end, it goes into another fucking reel. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's just like a totally like different. It's like Turkish song and a damn It's like wait, where the fuck did this come from? So like yeah, I mean it's definitely almost like three songs in in one. Like I love folk music, but I I also understand that folk music can have a predictability about it. Right. Because because the the focus in folk music tends to be or in ballads anyway. Or, or songs tends to be on 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 the words, right? On the story that's being told. So it's almost like, and I, I I do this even when I'm writing myself. Sometimes you just you pick a progression that that the listener immediately settles into. So uh-huh. you settle into this sort of like, okay, I know I, I already. It's mm-hmm. like in your head you already know this song. It's kind right. of like a blues thing. It's like if you yeah. go to do that one four five, and like you're yeah. all, you're already there, you know. Mm-hmm. So so the music is kind of like sitting back here, and mm-hmm. next thing your focus is on. It's a blue song, or your your baby done left you, or who, or who's you know some lord's wife you're messing around with, who's gonna kill you, <laughs> you know. So the story becomes like the, the 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 focus. Whereas with with uh with these songs, I mean they were they were writing folk songs and just turning them on their head, like yep. in, in 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 the same way that that Dylan almost like turned like American folk music on its head. It just yep. it just nobody had 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 heard it to this level before I'm sure there were bands who were doing it because you can never say nobody was doing it because we didn't you know well, we, we didn't clo- hear everybody the closest at least as far as like popular music goes especially coming out of Ireland that I would that I would compare the Pogues once they hit this point the Falling Grace of God would be the Waterboys who were not even doing necessarily like the folk part of it they were definitely more of like a like a like an 80s rock yeah. band with some folk instruments they and went folkier after afterwards afterwards I mean, yes like, yeah, yeah but like when you when you look at you know like like even like um you know like fisherman's blues is not that's more of a, a, a like like a rock song than it is. A fo- it's got folky feel to it, but it's more of a rock song. And even like um, you know, the whole the moon. Yeah, hold the moon. And that's a song, song that like you know that's that's an MTV song in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, great sure. song. Don't get me wrong. Oh it's yeah, a great no, no, song. I love it. But yeah. like that would be like the closest I would even think. And then you had Black Forty Seven, but but they were from New York. They weren't from you know when they came out with like the Funky Kelly and and James Connolly and all that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. they they were not like from. Well, I mean, Larry is Larry's from from Ireland, right? But the yeah. band itself formed yeah. in New York. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? So yeah. I don't consider it like was, an Irish band. But 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 also like I mean, what they were doing. I mean, a lot of a lot of Irish sort of music historians would say that 
something like what the Pogues did could never have happened in Ireland. Like it had to happen from the from the diaspora. Uh-huh. And it could, you could say the same for, for Black Forty Seven. It's kind of like the they were they were sort of infusing almost like I don't even want to say hip hop rhythms or, or oh, but, yeah. but what yep. they were infusing was was a uh, was very was very American was very of the streets right. of New York, you mm-hmm. know, and couldn't have happened in in a in a, in a uh, authentic way probably in Ireland at okay. the time, you know. So, uh, so it's funny actually. They mention you know one of the things that is mentioned on the wiki thing is that they're like a, a folk punk band. Adam, what do you, what do you feel? How do you feel about folk punk? And do you even know what that is? So. When you say those two words together, I don't like when I think punk bands, I think punk bands that were, you know, were I think punk bands that people automatically assume uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Um, identify, identify with, uh-huh. um, like, you know, Clash, Ramones, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. When you say, when you say punk in describing this album, my mind doesn't initially go there, which is why, which is why the folk punk is is important. Yeah. So, like, I would throw folk punk bands like any like modern punk band, and you you jump in and tell me if I'm sure. wrong here. So, I'm throwing, even though they call themselves shanty punk, Skinny Lister is a folk punk band. Uh, Frank Turner is a folk punk band. Chuck Reagan's solo stuff is folk punk. Tim Barry is folk punk, even though he kind of teethers on that like almost outlaw. But is it country, just like folk, is it just punk. like kind of folk music with like a punk attitude it kind we, of to an extent you know, kind of like, though, like, like, like old country would be like sort of country music with like an, a, a punk yeah but 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 so i would consider wilco alt country but i wouldn't put them in a punk no category. no no you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? yeah but i mean uh, the the i mean i think the pokes i think what the pokes were doing was i think maybe if you go to sort of streams of whiskey or stuff uh-huh. like that that has you know there was those punk attitude yes no. i mean Bottle of smoke. Mm-hmm. Twenty fucking five to one. My gambling days are done. Yeah, betting the horse got a bottle of smoke and my horse won. <laughs> you know, like came up on the left like a streak of light, like a drunken fuck on a Saturday night. I mean, they are poke. They are punk lyrics. Yes, you know yep. what I mean, without yep. a yep. doubt. In a in a folk song, sung at speed. Like, I mean, there's 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 a there's there's a definitely a punk. Well, one of the attitude, reasons you know, one of the reasons um, that Birmingham Six does not play bottle of smoke is because I don't think I could sing it. Yeah, we we like, play, and we, I'm not talking about the range. I'm talking about the words. I don't think I could yeah. do it, play it, and sing it, and get it out, and, yeah, and we, have we it make it, sense. We did it a few times. It was. It I was, saw you do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's there's some. I think there's a YouTube video. Of Is there a, <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the ones I was most proud of us pulling off. I think, and I think we pulled it off. Well, there's a few that that I was really proud of when we dug in to do those. Uh-huh. But uh, Turkish song of the Dan was uh, like, that was that was difficult. I was playing some sort of. I you know we haven't done it in a while because I kind of stepped away from doing that Pogues thing. But uh, I can't even remember the chord I was playing. But like a Dory, it's a weird chord. Dory, my accordion player, was the one. Like I was playing what I, I think I thought it was sort of like a D diminished or something, uh-huh. seventh or something like that. And, and she's like, "No, it's a you know." And 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 all, everyone in my band is a better musician than me. they're all super musicians. So I, you know? I have the same and fucking all, problem, all, with the all, exception of the drummer because no drummer is good. It's <laughs> just a drummer. And all, all of them have like Dory doesn't hasn't played with me in a, in a while. And, Vince hasn't played me a while, but but they're you know they're still friends and uh, but they're still they're, they're all like all through the years they were like amazing like but they would sit with the Pogue stuff and kind of go, oh uh-huh. you know like and, like and it, it was so it wasn't sort of just you know twenty 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 four hours to go uh, like, yeah. it was, like it wasn't like there was there was so much there's so much going on but then at the same time 
you know, mm-hmm. did, did thanks and praises, thanks to Jesus, I've yeah. been in the bottle of smoke. <laughs> so, so funny thing, back to drummers. Do you ever hear the, the joke is what do you call someone who hangs out with musicians? Drummer. A drummer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so many drummer jokes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, George Pearson, rest his soul, used to have all the jokes for, George every, Pearson. for, for everybody. <laughs> you, need, you need another drink here, sir. This is a drinking podcast okay. now. Um, what you're talking about reminds me, I can't remember what episode it was on, but you told a story about being on the L, and there was a couple kids on the L. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. singing, uh-huh. and some guy on the, on the train is just screaming rock and roll at them. Yeah. When I hear this, I don't think punk, because in my mind, punk music sounds like the Ramones and mm-hmm. the Clash mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but... Like you said, them singing whatever the hell they're singing, them doing what they love for people who don't give a shit on a train, that's rock and roll. Yes. Yep. So it to me it's not punk music, but the punk sentiment is definitely there. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and that, and that's the thing. There is a difference between and, and it's and it became more prevalent, I think, in the nineties, you know, when, when pop punk became more of a thing, mm-hmm. the late later nineties, mid to late nineties. Um, that you, you, at least me personally, I started seeing the difference between punk rock attitude and punk rock fashion. Yeah. When, when punk rock became cool, which is fine that punk rock is cool because ultimately why does someone get into punk rock? Why does someone get into alternate music? Why does somebody get in as parents just don't understand them, Paul? Well, yes, that's part (laughs) of it. Damn the man. That's why. But the thing is, is that those kids me being one of them never fit in with i played baseball i played soccer yeah. i played basketball i never fit in i love doing those things you, don't, I, you didn't fit into the norm i didn't fit in the norm and i didn't fit into um doing those those things with those people i enjoyed doing those things and i and still to this day i don't i don't look back on like you know my my you know youth athletics is like oh i wasted time doing no i really fucking enjoyed it i actually fucking loved doing it but I didn't fit in with those people. Where I found my people was when I started getting into punk rock, when I started getting into alternate alternative music, yeah. stuff like that. And um, that is that is that is the difference because like I never looked like a typical punk rocker. I never had fucking studded fucking denim jackets or leather jackets. I did have a mo- motorcycle leather for a little while. Um, I didn't have the fucking mohawk or yeah. like the colored hair or anything like that. But I had a fucking punk rock attitude, and I still do have a punk rock attitude to this place where I just no. don't give a fuck. No. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to get up and, and, and you know, some of my best shows that I've ever played are the shows where I've been like, fuck this, I don't care. I'm just going to fucking get up. I'm, I don't care if you're impressed. I don't care if you like it. I don't give a fuck. Sorry. I'm oh. just going to play because this is what I want to do. And that's yeah. the punk rock attitude, which is why when you look at some of those, those early... Um, CBGB bands that people talk about oh the punk rock scene and they're like well Blondie's not punk rock well the Go-Go's aren't punk rock the the you know Talking Heads aren't punk rock but if you listen to what they were doing at that time mm-hmm. and you put it in there those bands are punk rock as fuck no. plain and simple you know so that's where and 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 with this album it's kind of the same same thing like you know yes it's it's folk punk in the sense that it's doing it with the you know like a folk sense but uh, much like the honey badger, folks don't give a fuck. Don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, but there's all, like there's also like you know on this album there's just, just beautiful love songs. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, go like go like I mean I suppose we can't 
talk about this album without talking about Fairy Tale New York because it's oh we'll get we'll get there we'll know, get there I have I have a special segment okay for that. That's, don't that's, fucking jump that's, segments John sorry. God damn I, I, it I, John. I, I, you, I think that kind of I think I think what you just said kind of uh, lends into that that um like what Paul was saying the 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 punk fashion and the punk mentality is like yes they have you know they they have you know probably some people would probably argue one of the best christmas slash love song slash whatever yes, yeah. songs on this mm-hmm. album again another segment don't fuck me I'm up i'm not going to don't <laughs> right. and then they also have bottle of smoke yeah so mm-hmm. they just the whole idea of like yeah we're gonna do we're gonna do bottle of smoke and then we're also gonna do fairy tale of new york because fuck you that's what we want to do yeah that kind of lends into that whole punk mentality as well not not talked about enough really like as far as far reaching as um fairy tale new york and give fairy tale new york it's due much better love song much more beautiful love song rainy night in soho yeah um, and, 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 as we say like not on this but yeah. like re- released on an ep before yes. this came out but it could have been on this could well, could you know? it it's fucking be- and honestly when i saw you guys played i i went to the 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 philadelphia fla in may i went early specifically just to see you guys um, which, which I'm not trying to suck your dick or anything. I'm just telling you that, like, yes. you're like, you're not, you're not asking, he texted like, me. He texted me. He's like, I'm going to try to suck. Kind of weird basement. Right. <laughs> but, um, but like, no, it's just rain in the middle of the floor. Don't yeah, worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's all good. So, um, but yeah. Oh man, but, Dorothy, if you're watching this, <laughs> I no. love you. <laughs> when I when I was like, you know, when I saw the lineup and I knew when Birmingham Six am. was playing and I saw when you were playing, I was like, oh fucking, because I had to leave early because I had another show that yeah, night. Yeah, we had the same thing. And and I was like, oh fucking, thank god john burns playing early because i didn't need to be there three hours or four hours before my set but i was because i wanted to see you guys play and then you played that and it's and it's it's one of the best cover versions i've i've heard of it we we love Um, doing it but that that song in general is just it's it's stunning it's it's stunning and and it's simple like that's the other thing it's so simple anybody can play that one and it's and it is it is more beautiful it is a more beautiful love song than fairy tale new york and fairy tale new york is a a beautiful love song as well i think um um, well fairy tale i mean i I won't jump ahead mm. when when we talk when we talk about fairy tale we'll get into it we'll get into it you know that that's like when when, when we get into the fairy tale of new york Uh segment that you have planned i think i might want to throw a caveat into something later. we can do that you could do you could do a show on that song yeah Yeah, probably we could could come back at christmas and Yes. Just do a show yes. Yes. Song. Yes. So, um, so John, you've kind of been interjecting, and I, I like to get everybody else's overall thoughts before I go into mine. What are your overall thoughts of of this album? I, I when this album came out, it was I, I I loved it because like growing up in Ireland, um, the uh, I it's so Irish good. Irish music was kind of like my dad's music. You know what I mean? It was my dad. It was like the the older men all sang the the old Irish songs uh-huh. and. As much as I, I, I loved the Dubliners, like I loved, we didn't, like, because we didn't have a record player. I was probably maybe 10 before we had a record player. My, my dad had, like, we had, like, this sort of three-album thing of the Dubliners. And I remember just that getting played a lot. And, uh-huh. then, and then as I got a little older and started saving my money and buying records, and, you know, um, our stuff was, the, the, you know, me and my brothers would be playing stuff more. But but I like I liked the Dubliners, and I, and I enjoyed when everyone gathered like, at our house and sang songs. And we sang a lot of Irish songs. But it still didn't, you know, it didn't feel like, like, you know what I mean? Like, like it was our songs. Yeah. It was like belonging to them. And, well, and the Pogues had been around and we were aware of them. We were aware, we were aware of them because 
you'd listen to like RT radio and there'd be like people on like complaining about the Pogues like the, the Pogues like shiting all over I remember like Self-Aid uh, I don't know if you'd ever heard of Self-Aid there's actually an album which I own Self-Aid was like a, it was a year after Live Aid and at the time Ireland had something like I don't know 25 or 30 percent unemployment like ridiculous unemployment uh-huh. in, in Dublin and in, in Ireland all around so we had this big benefit concert and you two played but the Pogues played as well and that was kind of like a bit of a turning point because people just saw they, they didn't see them as, a, as, as just these sort sort of Irish sort of English fellas and and, and culture okay. you know I'm sorry real but, quick real quick I'm sorry it, I'm just fucking I'm connecting dots here selfie have you seen the movie Killing Bono oh did I see that? I think maybe I didn't. Uh, I don't think I maybe okay. really wanted to. But oh, hang on! I, shit, I think I saw it. It's not that. It only just came out. Like it's only maybe. No, no it's been out for a while. It's been out for but like maybe like three or four years over. No, it's like, been a little, it's been longer really than long? that. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, okay. So so it just put me together. I actually meant to talk about it on last week's episode, the the, the Joshua Tree uh, episode, um, and it just fucking hit me. Okay, so. Viewers out there, I'm not trying to change, turn this into a uh, summer movie club episode, but some summer movie club better fucking do Killing Bono. Killing Bono is 2011, by the way. Oh okay, wow! There you go. And uh, you guys should do that, and you should have me on there, and possibly John since he's from Dublin. But I think the cultivating, culta, culta, bringing it all together. Culmination. Culmination, culmination of the of the thing happens at the self aid concert. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, yes. I think because it all it all just kind of fucking hit all me right. like like thinking of that so movie. Self aid, like, oh, yeah. Self aid, yes. Self aid was like a bunch of Irish acts plus a couple of like Elvis Costello played it. And uh-huh. Chris Chris Rea played it. Okay. Um, and it was to raise money for for uh, I I I mean it was I don't even, I don't know what the money went. I think it went to like training programs mm-hmm. and 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 things like that. You know for for uh. uh people who are unemployed but anyway it was the um, it but it was the <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure there was a cut went somewhere, you know, knowing how things went in, in Ireland then yes uh, but, even uh, in Dublin <laughs> but oh yeah absolutely uh, the um the, gen- the general got his cut and then yes. IRA got, got a cut from the general's cut uh, but it was a uh, but I think I felt like there was like more of a reverence then or people kind of saw that that they were that that they were doing it in a very reverent way. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. it wasn't just like that. There was this kid who like spoke with a you know a London accent, and then trying to, who was trying to sing like Luke Kelly. You know, right. like it, that that was sort of the uh, who does he who do you think they are? You know, but but it was which is which is completely wrong because we've been a nation of immigrants for for hundreds of years and and and. Uh, but the the self aid, I remember them singing the old. Tri- I think they, yeah, I remember them singing. I think it was the old triangle, and and he he, he nailed it. His yep. vocals are brilliant, yep. and his vocals. All by the way, all through this album, it was it was the last great Shane McGowan vocals. Yes, you know yep. for for sure, his vocals are phenomenal. On I love record. peace and love. I love Hell's Ditch, but his vocals were. It's he, a, yeah, it's a different Her, level. Heroin was it's like was level. was like taking over the vocal cords, but but the uh, the um, so so. When this album came out, I think, and I think if I should fall from grace with God was the first single, and I remember hearing that on the radio, and it was like a punch in the face, mm-hmm. like it was just like, oh, and it was, and, the, and and it's only I think, slightly over two minutes long. It's a uh, pretty like short it. yeah, song. It's not, it's not you know, it's it was not just very like long, yes. just straight in, bang. Yep. And it's and, fun he, song and, to he, play. and he just kind of go like, oh my God. Yep. Like like that that this is like, it's it's still it's still Irish. Mm-hmm. All all the people who are twenty one seconds. Yeah, all the people who are like you know older and into Irish folk music are are all kind of going, 
you know like uh, I mean it took them a long time to embrace embrace the Pogues but this this felt like oh this is oh this is for us it is like, it this is, is what, this is for like yes. me this is for like 15 year old me uh -huh. this 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 song you know and and um and immediately then you're just excited yeah. you're just excited for the album because you know like back then like they'd release a couple of singles because I think as you mentioned Fairy Tale came out before Fairytale, the album before yeah, the album out came November out for the Christmas yeah. season obviously and then the album didn't come out until January after Christmas yeah and then and then Fall for Grace was actually released as a single in February oh really um, okay and, yeah and then uh, after that what was uh, what, Fiesta was, was the was third another, single was there not another single before Fairy Tale according to the Wikipedia it was Fairy Tale in November and I feel like so there was a great there was a great show on on, uh, on RT Radio um Dave Fanning and he was like Dave Fanning was like the the uh, who's the English guy um, John Peel uh -huh. he was kind of like the John Peel, Peel. Sessions, yeah. he was kind of like the John Peel of nice. Ireland so like the first you know the first time you would hear like I remember like listening to like Dave Fanning like the, it was the first time I heard like like Mandinga like Sinead O'Connor you know okay. it was the first time I heard oh like Sinead O'Connor and just oh Sinead O'Connor yeah uh, real fuck recent too I forgot yeah, about very that. recent and you know so Dave Fanning was that guy the first you know so and I'm, I, he must have played it. He must have played Fall from Grace of God because I feel like I heard that before I heard Fairy Tale. Okay. Or maybe it was right around the same time. But that was like, it was just like, oh, like a punch in the face. It was just like amazing. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And then Fairy Tale came out and and the fact that Fairy Tale then just started creeping up the UK charts, which we had our Irish charts, but honestly, we all sort of looked at the UK charts. It was, it's kind of like, yeah. kind of like soccer. Like yeah. we have our own league. But we're all kind of watching what's going Premier on. Premier, yeah, League, yeah, you know? I got you. Uh -huh. So, so we're watching all of a sudden we're seeing the Pogues, and it's it's just it's creeping up. The, it's this weird song, you know, and it's creeping up the charts. So, so there's there's almost like there's a national, but all of a sudden, ah, they're ours now, you know, <laughs> and it's and it's it's so Irish. Like, I mean, you know, a year earlier we're like, who do they think they are? What robbing you know what? our songs and stealing all our old melodies and turning them into you know, kind of like you know the way the way Dylan took like the parting, the chew yes. of the parting glass, yes. and you know, I wrote. I will tell you that is also a Philadelphia mentality because it's, it's, yeah. nobody in Philadelphia gave a fuck about War on Drugs until War on Drugs became fucking huge. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like, well, that's our band. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So like shit win, like that. They win some Grammys. Oh, we love them now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or like, or uh, you know, it's like like if War on Drugs never like was that big, they would play to Philly to like three people and it would be mm. like their parents. Yeah. Whereas like now they'll like fucking sell out all over the place. And like so same good. thing. And, that, and that's just such like a Philly thing. It's like, it's like the best way for a Philly band to become like accepted in Philly is to go outside yeah, of yeah. Philly and become like, big. You Irish bands I mean? are that. I mean, all the Irish bands are that. I mean, you, you listen, like, I mean, Bob Geldof talks at length about how Boomtown Rats had to go to London. Uh huh. You know, same like you too. Like you couldn't because it's just, it's that nation of begrudges. I remember seeing when I was a kid, seeing Bono on, on the Late Late Show, which was like the, the Friday night talk show once a week mm -hmm. big thing the country came to a halt and he said like the difference between like uh, I think I think they'd already maybe toured America a little bit and he said oh, the big difference between America and Ireland is like the, an American will sort of and I think he's talking in general you know it's, and it's very hard to generalize about America right. but, but he'd say an American will look at the man the successful man with the big house on the hill and, and kind of go someday I'm going to be that guy I'm going to be successful like that man I'm going to work hard I'm going to be that guy, you know? Mm -hmm. He goes, but in Ireland, we look at the successful man with the big house on the hill and we go, one day, I'm going to get that fucker. Like, <laughs> <laughs> fucking kill him. Like, you know, so, so there's uh, a little, so there's a little bit of I, that. I, I kind of agree like, with I, that. Like, <laughs> I remember, but I remember like the, the sort of, all of a sudden, this like swell of national pride as uh -huh. fairy tale was creeping up. And and then it was like, they're ours. We, we were, we were immediately, we were, I think, 
and I, I could I could be wrong. This, these are my memories of like being like a you know younger like a teenager. Um, but it, it was a it, it was all of a sudden they were they were they were accepted. But uh-huh. all but also at the same time, we're we're hearing kind of what they're doing, you know. Right. And everybody is paying attention to what happened, what they did in, in with Rum Sodomy and the Lash, mm-hmm. and and we're all just sort of buying the back albums yeah. and, and waiting for the new one kind of, you know? And it, and it is, it is pretty amazing. Cause I mean, honestly, like I did the same thing. Like I didn't grow up with Irish music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I grew up with like rock and punk rock and my mom constantly playing Billy Joel and all that kind of shit. And then eventually like I got into Irish music. So like I've kind of brought that like thing. What, what got, sorry, not to turn but what got, what, what was the, this, what was the thing? Like, what was it? Was it a band? Uh, it like, no, on it. Well, the Pogues were kind or, of that I thing. Mean, I mean, but, like, but even like, you know, was it, I mean, cause I know like you grew up in like Northeast, Northeast Philly, Philly, right? Yep. yep. So, I mean, so it was like, there's an Irish community. There's the, well, this guy yeah. is playing music. There's so Tom Brett and Fintan Malone. And so what did it for me was, um, I was playing, um, punk rock and indie rock for years from the time I, from the time I learned how to play guitar when I was 12 years old. And I could write three chords. I started writing punk rock songs. And that's what I was doing. That's all I was doing, punk rock songs. And then I, then I moved over to bass. I was a much better bass player. And I was doing indie rock and had this very small little bit of success with that. Um, and then um, my last project that I was doing with someone basically just fell apart. Right? It just fucking failed. And I was pissed. And because I, I, I ultimately lost a little bit of money on it. Not much, but, you know, enough to piss me off. Um, so I was actually done with music. I was like, fuck it. I'm done. I'm not right. doing music anymore. I'm I'm just out. And that lasted about two weeks when I picked up an acoustic guitar and just started fucking around. And, you know, the great thing about the internet at that time um, was I could start looking up songs that I couldn't figure out by ear. Mm-hmm. I'd start looking them up. So I just started looking up Irish songs. I'm like, oh shit, this stuff's kind of easy. And mm-hmm. even as folk stuff get, is kind of punk Once you rock. get the rhythm down, mm-hmm. like the rhythms yep. are weird. But, and, but the chords are like easy but it's, no. the changes I, are in, not where you expect them you know? yeah yeah and then, that. and then honestly maybe i sold out a little bit but i knew there was a, an irish music community in northeast philadelphia and philadelphia in general and i was like fuck it if i'm gonna do this if i'm gonna if i'm gonna if i'm gonna put myself in the situation to play music again at this point i was married i had three kids i need to make a few bucks doing it Mm-hmm. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to do it playing Irish music. Little did I know there's no money in Irish music either, <laughs> but it's a little bit more than playing, you know, just punk rock and indie rock on your own. Yeah. Um, so that, that's what got me into it. I mean, like I've always been, and that's, that's one of the things I have here. I've always, um, I've always heard Irish music as a kid. I've always been around it. I've never disliked it, mm-hmm. but I was never really like my family, even though, you know, my, my, my mom's mom, um, was actually, um, well, my mom's dad was was from Ireland directly. Um, my mom's my mom's mom's dad. So my great grandfather was from Ireland directly, and he married a uh, Jewish Philadelphia woman who had the option of her fortune or her Irish Catholic husband or soon to be husband, and she chose her husband, and then went on to have fourteen kids. Um, so there was that, and then um, from from my grandfather's side, they were from Scotland, but I think they went from ireland to scotland and before coming to america and they but they ultimately came from scotland so did all that and and that you would think that with that kind of background mm. there would have been more of an irish culture more of irish music mm. in the background not in my sect of the family yeah, for yeah, whatever yeah. reason i mean we, it's pretty distilled i mean that's that yes. is you know it's sort of mm-hmm. kind of 
pretty my, American by then. <laughs> my my grandfather could have sang, you know, when Irish eyes are smiling, you right. know, till till anybody's blue in the face, and that was basically. And plus, like a little bit of whiskey in a jar and Wild Rover mm. and whatnot. But I and and it's and it's funny because the Pogues were probably my first real true um, introduction to Irish music, and it actually came from Frank Daly. Okay. Um, I remember. So, so it was later. So it, it was like, much later. Yeah. I was I was uh, freshman in high school. What the fuck was that? You heard that, right? No. No. I fucking heard something. Whatever. At any rate, <laughs> so I was I was uh, 14 years old and going to Roman Catholic High School. And at the time, it's now a parking lot there, but but there was a McDonald's across the street from Roman Catholic High School, right at a <clears throat> Broad and Vine. And um, we would go in there in the mornings before school and, you know, hang up until we had to go in or, you know, sometimes after school or whatever. And Frank Daly came up and he's like, dude, you got to fucking check this out and put put his fucking headphones on me and played the Pogues. Now, I thought it was Hell's Ditch. He says it was Peace and Love. Could have been either way, mm-hmm. like whatever. But that's actually what turned me on to the Pogues and Irish music in general. Right. Um, and and. Which is so I'll go into it. So you know, overall, I love this album. You know, but the first, the first I remember hearing the Pogues was Hell's Ditch. Which again, it could have been Peace and Love right, if right. that's what he had. If that's what he said he had. It's a nice could record, but it you is. Can, you can tell it's a band yeah. that's struggling. You know. Yes, but Hell's Ditch, even though that's really my first introduction to the Pogues, is actually my third favorite Pogues album. Uh, my first one being this album Flash Fall from Grace and number two being Rum Sodomy and The Lash okay. you know and um, but because Hell's of Ditch ahead of Red Roses and I would yeah actually uh, I would, I would. Hell's I Ditch would. is on the bottom for me of, that, of, but, of, the, of the original five Pogues records but that know? but that's probably a thing is because yeah see I don't really count anything after Hell's Ditch like Poke Mahone and Waiting for Herb I just don't count them yeah. I maybe I should I kind of do or maybe fair, then but, there's the two Shane McGowan records which First one was good. Yeah, the yeah with the popes and all, the crock mm. of gold and crock of gold the snake. Is terrible. Yeah, it all is just so disappointing. Yep, but um, like like again, again the arguments with with Bill uh, Bill Dunny. Dunny, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, he keeps saying no, no, give it another listen. I'm like, nah, man, I've, I've given it. <laughs> well, we we've often said like on this podcast that generally it's our first. Yeah. interaction or introduction to a band that tends to be your favorite yeah, yeah, yeah. which in this case it's not so my first like the one that i remember is hell's ditch that's what i remember sunny side of the street that that opening to it that that opening riff that's what i remember that's a great song as the pokes it is it yeah. is um and then uh what's the other fucking song that's on it sonara is like Sayara, you know the second yeah, yeah, yeah you know it's like it's, it's summer in siam is on yes it, yeah. yep um so that's my first introduction but again it's not my favorite this is my favorite Pogues album. I do put this. I and I put and and probably that's probably why Hell's Ditches is number three in there because it is my first okay. introduction. Yeah. So so, but definitely, I put peace and, God, peace and love. I would probably put ahead of of Hell's. Yeah, overall, like you know, peace and love, peace love is like, a great record. It is. It is I go, I go running to that one all the time. Uh, one one of my favorite songs on there is Lorelei. Yeah, love that song. Idea. It's a beautiful song. That's another love song you should look up by them. Not as not as good as Fairy Tale yeah. or, um, uh, but Misty, Misty Morning, Albert Bridges. Misty Morning, that's what a great song too. Yeah. That's a great like, song. So I mean, such a the arrangement. It's so vast. Did Lily White produce that one as well? I don't know. I don't know Let's either. see. Let's see. Let's see <laughs> with the Google machine. Who produced the Pogues? Get your free. Just put peace and love in. 
real, <laughs> real quick while you're looking that up, Paul, I just want to say, uh, I just want to say thank you to Kristen again. Oh, for these fucking... Because this little... Yeah, if man. If you're listening or watching, whatever the hell you do... I, lo- I love this little hippo. This yes. little, yeah, this little squishy rabbit and this little squishy hippo are like the... They're, thank you. Yes, once again, <laughs> we would like to thank Kristen for her squishy things. <laughs> Kristen, I don't even know you, but <laughs> <laughs> but yes, these squishy things are great. I have my ball here, and I, I and I have clicked the pen a few times, and every time I click the pen, I'm like, oh no, I need a squishy thing. Yeah. So yeah, so thank you, Kristen. Again, you're getting you're getting another shout out there. Um, but yeah, no, this 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 album definitely played a um, like musically an influential um, uh, point of my life because I named my band after one of the songs on this album, Streets yeah. of Sorrow says Birmingham Six. Um, and I was named. I, I often wonder if it was named after the song or just named after the Birmingham it was, Six. It was well, yeah, both. Yeah, yeah you know, because because yeah. in the song itself, it mentions the Guilford Four and it mentions the Birmingham uh-huh. Six, but yeah. the song is the Birmingham Six, yeah. which is what had me even you know. Honestly, even besides the Daniel Day-Lewis movie, I really didn't look into the Guilford Four too much at first. I looked into the Birmingham Six at first. Um, and just their their story and, and, and what those gentlemen went through, um, I've, never, I, I, I've never been falsely accused of anything in my life. I've never been to jail or anything like that. But like I could empathize with what they've gone through. Um, and and thought it was bullshit and you know just the fact that like it was it was to find out so much more especially later on that that they 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 they, the english police knew that these weren't the people Mm -hmm. who did this and Mm -hmm. still fucking prosecuted them and said no 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 like listen we know we know it's not you but fucking sign this shit just fucking sign this shit you know what i mean and it's like like just just the fact that something like that went on and it just you know like Yes, the Pogues wrote the song, but I also realized a lot of people didn't know anything about the Birmingham Six. Right. So, so part of part of what just, I wanted to do was to was to continue that story. Just because my memory is terrible, it what it was what was it that they were accused of? It was the a Birmingham pub bomb. Yeah. I was saying so, it was it was. It was I remember mm-hmm. pub bombing. Okay. Yes, it was. A, it I was, was making the, sure that I wasn't remembering something completely. Different. Six men in, in Birmingham and Guilford there were four, mm-hmm. and the McGuire fifteen. Well, they were the Annie McGuire, and I mean they were they were part of the the Guilford Four kind of right, right, okay, yeah. yes. And um, if you if you want to like look up on it, I mean, honestly, a real easy uh, movie to watch is the Daniel Day Lewis um, in the Name of the Name Father, of which is more uh, focused on Jerry Conlon and, and the Guilford Four um, and their story, but it's a very very similar story to the Birmingham Six. Um, and you can actually look up on YouTube. If you look up on YouTube, you know, the story of the Birmingham six, you will find a very nice like documentary, um, produced a few years after they were, they were released from jail. Well, I mean the, the, and I, I believe it was like, is it frontline where the, I mean, it was document. I mean, basically the, the, they were, it was, it was pressured by, by so documentarians in, in mm-hmm. the UK that actually got their, their case reopened. Yep. And, and you know, I mean, it was, a uh, oh Yeah. Travesty. I mean, you know, again, obviously, we're a drinking podcast and a music podcast, yep. not a political one. But yeah. it's, it's, but you, you know, you see, you see the same thing here. You know, like yeah. you see the same thing when it's easy to sort mm-hmm. of say, well, maybe he didn't do that. He did, he did something. Just yes. put him away for it. You know, yep. exactly. And, and it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's lazy, corrupt, uh, 
police work. It is. It is work, it's, yeah. I'm gonna say, yeah. I'll, I'll just yeah. say it. It's lazy, corrupt police work. Mm. Not to say that, like, you know, again, not taking a political stance, but in the in the case of the Birmingham Six, that's what it was. It mm. was, we need to answer to the public as quickly mm. as we can mm. with what we can, and here's the easiest people to pin it on because we have some circumstantial em- uh, evidence and we're not going to actually let everybody know that oh by the way here's the evidence that clears these motherfuckers yeah, yeah. but we're not going to tell you about that yeah. so it's so it's you know what i mean but that was that was important to me if i'm going to get in irish music because like yes we're not a political podcast as i as i told you before and we don't talk about <laughs> politics but how do you play how do you do irish music how do you play irish music without getting at least a little political do you know what I mean? Like I think you, you just have to be smartly political, and exactly. I, and I think I honestly think the the Pogues sort of, you know, to me like that was why I I loved the Dubliners. I mean, they would they would sing some of the mm-hmm. song, but I, I always felt like they sang. They were able they were able to contextualize. Um, what they were singing about, you know, I mean, they were singing old songs, they yes. sing, and they were they would sing body songs. And they would sing, you know, like a, a like one of my favorite songs when I was a kid was the Admiral Nelson song, mm-hmm. you know, like about which the IRA blew up the the, the, the statue of Admiral Nelson in, right. in the sixties in Dublin, and and it was just funny, it was yeah. just body and funny and kind of like that that was, um, but they were the the, I mean, I think I am I right in saying probably the the, Birm, the Streets of Sorrow slash Birmingham Six thing on on. Fall from Grace of God is, is the only political song, you know? Yeah, Maybe. I mean, to an, to an extent, the um, uh, the medley, the... the well, yeah, the, yeah, the Battle but, March but, medley. But that's talking more about World War One yeah. than it is even... Well, you know, well, the, that, well the, that that's the... the uh, um, part of it is um, the... Uh, like a, the, the recruiting sergeant. Recruiting sergeant, yes. yeah, which is, which is part of a genre of songs like Arthur McBride and... Um, the one that that Langham did, uh, uh, Sergeant William Bailey, uh-huh. know, which, which is like the it's the same story kind of told in different songs. Right, like the recruiting sergeant saying, "Oh, join join the army. You'll have a yes. great time. Well, you'll it's like a vacation. Off you'll go and you'll make some money and you'll be respected." And right, you know. So that was just you know not not necessarily. It wasn't overly. Like, there, there are there are actually like uh, American folk versions of the same in the same sort of right. recruiting sergeant yeah genre. Yep, but. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's the only it's the only political song. But but at the same time, it's it's beautifully done, and it, it is, and it, and it it it's it's brave too because this is again this is a band that's trying to break through in in, in the UK. You know, and, that's their main audience. And, well, it was actually um, banned on BBC, and this was um it, you know this album and you figure it this way this album came out in in 1987. That song was banned, and the Birmingham Six weren't released until and the Guildford Four were not released until 1991. Yeah. So, you know, and, and there was a lot that had to, to, to happen to get to that point. You had a lot of people rallying and um, a lot of people. And I, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention the, the Meckle-Kenny family and the, and the Farrells, um, who we know, uh, Derm Farrell, who's mm-hmm. who's here in Philadelphia. Um, and uh, one, of, one of the people specifically was his grandmother, Granny Mack, um, who was uh, married to Richard Meckle-Kenny. Stayed married to him the whole time, even when, according to, to what I was told, um, you know, he told her just, just divorce me, go on your way, and she's like, no, I'm gonna stand by you, and she, yeah. she, she puts us. So, so let's raise a glass, of Granny Mac, Granny Mac, and Richard McElkenny, <laughs> one of the, one of the uh, members of Birmingham Six there. But yeah, but that, that, but that's the influence this band had on me musically, um, enough that like when I was starting, you know, Irish music, I was gonna name my band Birmingham Six. Funny story, there is already a Birmingham Six. 
Oh yeah. But they go Birmingham with the number six and they are an industrial band from uh, Denmark, I believe. Hold on a second. Okay. Let me see. Said from uh, Birmingham, Alabama. Or um, real quick, I just want to um, touch before you get too far away from it. Uh-huh. Um, Danish. Or Danish ha- Electro MBM founded in 1991 named after the Birmingham Six. Oh. <laughs> um, you said uh, it was the song was banned on the, the BBC. Uh-huh. Having anything that you've made Get banned? Banned by the major media uh-huh. conglomerate of whatever country you live in. Right. It's punk rock. It's pretty fuck rock. <laughs> and it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, so so a funny story about that um, is that uh, I didn't realize there was another Birmingham Six when I named yeah. the band Birmingham Six. Um, and then someone's like, oh, you mean the industrial band? I'm like, what do you mean the industrial band? So when I looked it up, I'm like, fuck. They had already broke it up, and so I pretty much turned to the rest of the band. I was like, and you guys come up with a better fucking name? Then that's our name, but until yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. does, we're called the Birmingham Six. We've never thought of a better name, so so we're the Birmingham Six. Um, you know, and it's just... It, but we spell out S-I-X. Mm. We don't do the Birmingham with the number six, although that's our Instagram handle. But <laughs> <laughs> Not to confuse people, but uh, yeah, but there's... It, it is funny because when, I, when I'll see stuff... Um, when we're playing like uh, bigger events or venues and whatnot, and, you know they have actual social media people. They will tag the Birmingham Six and mm. they will tag the oh, industrial. Yeah. Man. So funny. There's like yeah, you look at the back of the room. There's some like confused yes. looking Swedes. I like this is. Not- <laughs> I never correct them because I think it's fucking hysterical. Yeah. Like a, he's got a Viking helmet on. Going like yes. Mm. Yes. So, but that brings us to the next segment, man. This is gonna be a long one, and I'm happy we haven't had a really right. long one in yeah. a while. Um, fairy tale of New York. That brings it to us. Okay. So we've talked. We've all talked very um, passionately and lovingly about fairy tale New York. So, the question that I have for you guys is: Is it problematic, or is it the best Christmas song ever written, or is it both? Before we get into that, can I? talk about something go for it whenever you look up the the you know 100 greatest movies of all time uh uh-huh. the movie that's always number one on the list citizen kane which i've never seen neither have i yes um have you i don't think so okay so yeah. it's always it's always no, this, I, it's, I would I'm sure I would have remembered it, right. It's always revered as like the greatest movie that's ever been made. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's unfair to list Citizen Kane as number one on top whatever. I think it's unfair and I think it's lazy. Okay. Um, much like how. You said we're not allowed to use worms as our bottom song because you don't count it as a song. It's, and I've said it before with other episodes. I I'll, I'll list the instrumental as the least favorite. Cause right, it's the right. Way out. Yes. I think putting Fairy Tale of New York in your top three on this album is the lazy way out. Yes, I I, I it's, fucking I, I, I agree like with you. Should, you. I agree like, with you. Whether yes. or not you guys did it, that's Citizen, another that's Citizen, another segment yeah. that we're not going to yeah. fuck up yeah. right now. Citizen, but I, I kind Kane of agree. A, yes. Citizen Kane may be great. Uh-huh. Stop including it because we get it. It's great. Mm-hmm. Just we'll we'll accept well, that that's the greatest thing that's ever been made. 
and, and we'll put it off to the side on its pedestal. And to your to your point, look at and and you know I know we refer to this a lot. Look at the Rolling Stone several list of mm. the top five hundred albums of all time. I don't think the number one album is the same every every time. No. The last one, the twenty twenty version, has Marvin Gaye. What's going on? Yeah. So I think I think when you're talking about like like um, things such as that is like the greatest of all time, right? You have to look at the times that you're rating it. You can't just say, you know, like in my opinion, the Beach Boys Pet Sound is one of the great is the greatest album ever written. Yeah. Doesn't mean that that would hold true in ten years. Yeah. Over as an overall well, so yeah. music, is flu- music is fluid. Too, exactly. You know? I mean, exactly. Yeah. So so like yes. Yeah, Lancome's so, new album is definitely now in my top ten favorite albums what of all time. Lancome's new record? Don't know oh, it. I should check them out. I'll have to check Irish it out. folk band. Brilliant. Okay. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I Fairy Tale New York, and it's f- so funny when you first sort of sent me the, the text. I'm like, yeah, come up with like your least favorite. And I thought to myself, like, when I listen to this record, if there's a song I'm likely to skip over, mm-hmm. it might be Fairy Tale. But right. at the same time, but there's a reason. But why it, you yeah, yes. But at yes. the same time, if there's a song like like I mean, I don't know that there's a song out there that's spoken of in such hushed sort of reverence uh as fairy tale and 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 completely deserving of it all right it is a brilliantly written song it is like oh, an absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Like in, i mean i i don't know like i would have a hard time not putting it in my top three and again we're talking about we're talking about an album that yeah three of us love mm-hmm. and that 90 percent of the world has never listened to yes. heard of. yep you know so so it's still it's still niche like when, well, when when we when i got back to talking about like how me and my band were sort of thinking of doing like a side, having a side project of doing a Pogues cover thing. Right. When I went, you know, when we went to actually try and sell it, we realized that not enough people knew of or liked the Pogues. So, so real quick, but, so real quick. So to that, to that point, we'll get back to it. Cause this is an easy segment to, to jump in and out of mm-hmm. John Pogues cover performances. Why the Pogues specifically? Um, I remember the first time we did it, uh, I didn't have a new record coming out and we were playing downstairs at world cafe and I was concerned that we didn't have a, we'd been playing mostly folk, we'd been, we'd been touring mostly as a folk four piece mm-hmm. uh, after after The Wake came out because the band that I put together sort of for the couple of After The Wake shows were on drums and bass were kind of like hard guns. It, as, as it turns out, one of the hard guns was Freddie Berman, who's now my permanent drummer. Okay. But uh, um, we were touring as, as an acoustic thing and then, and then we sort of, I got a drummer and bass player and we started playing and I didn't know how to I didn't know how to put people in a room and I remember like realizing that you know from doing a lot of bar gigs we did a lot of pogues uh-huh. because it was something I gravitated towards and I liked doing it and and, and they were fun to play and we thought like man we maybe we can like do a show so this is around maybe 2013 we we were doing a World Cafe show and, and I said let's just make it a pogues thing let's just see if we can pull it off and it was it was really fun and we picked like we realized we already knew 20, 20 yeah. 25 and then uh it became like a like a like a like a bar gig side hustle uh-huh. um but also we're we got really into it like we started going like all right what do we what 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 have we not learned yet and we're going through them and, and like learning them and realizing it just how complex and and amazing some of them were you know um so i, I went i went to a guy there's a guy um who who i knew through the band citizen band radio who we'd done some shows with an amazing like sort of country rock band uh, that Andy, my my partner in, in in my band, was in, and they were managed by a guy who who mostly 
managed tribute bands. Okay. So I went to him with the idea and he sort of tried to sell it, but he just kind of came back and said, That's, I don't know, it might be just too Nietzsche, you know? But like, yeah. But getting, but, and, and I kind of agree, like we were able to do it here and like, you know, do a, th- a night at like Tiernan Oak and, mm-hmm. and have like 60 or 70 people show up who could, who, and you'd, you'd look out and you'd well, be sing, you could sing the most obscure Pogue song and they're all singing along with you. And it was fun, you know, but it, but it wasn't, I realized kind of like, unless like we were, cause going back to your sort of your name thing, I was going to say like, yeah, we're going to call it like the boys from the County hell. And we're going to set up a separate there website. Was, there and was a band called the boys. There from was. The county yeah. House. I know. Like from Cleveland or something. So, mm. so, uh, here in Philadelphia, Bel- uh, oh, Billy, really? Billy Dunhue, Fran O'Connor. And I forget. Oh, no way. The band. Well, they, but that was like their first foray into whoa, Irish music. When I, was go- the boys from the when county I Googled house. it, I found a band in, in like, like uh, Ohio, probably Ohio, yeah, it's, it's a pretty easy name. So to go yeah, to. I, 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 yeah, I thought it was the first one. To think yeah. of it. So, so we went, because what I wanted to do was create like a very clear line between if you're coming to see John Byrne or John uh-huh. Byrne band and, and or, something different or if you're going to yes. if you're coming to see you know a, a Pogues thing yes in the end it kind of now we sort of you, we'll throw them if you come and see us live if we're playing an Irish festival you'll, you'll hear us do like a handful of Pogues things well, if, you're, if you're coming to see us play like when we're doing like an original show we might throw in one like we, and, you know Boys from the County Hell is kind of one of our favorites so, and, that, you know, and that's kind of like 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 one of the things that's actually like cool about doing the poses and this is what I found so like ultimately when we're we're doing and, and this is one of the things I like about the Birmingham Six. So we could do pub shows. We actually don't do a whole lot of pub shows anymore. Mm, yeah, I don't we do the pub shows, you know, well, you look at the, the, the stuff that you're doing, right? And so, like, you could play, we could play a bunch of Pogue songs, and it will generally be overall received. Mm. If we play too many Flog and Maui or too many Dropkick Murphys, people don't know those. So someone will say, play Dropkick Murphys, which means they want to hear shipping up the Boston or kiss me on fist. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Ki- uh, yeah. What I mean, kiss yeah, me on ship face. <laughs> if they want to hear, if they say play some flag of Maui, they want to hear drunken lullabies. Or if I, or if I leave this world life, yeah. maybe they want to hear what's left of the flag, but they don't want to hear the rest of fucking flag of Maui. Yeah. I always want to hear what's left. Of the flag. Well, it's great. <laughs> but, but if you go and you say, play something by the Pogues, you actually have a much wider range of songs mm-hmm. that you could you could actually play. Oh yeah. Now when when we dug into it, I mean we learned like sketches of Spain. We learned yeah, that instrumental. Yeah, nice. Because at the time I had uh like a trumpet I had Vince Tampio playing trumpet mm-hmm. in my band and he's a great trumpet player. Yep. And uh, he did like the arrangement and I had Dory on, on a court on, on um trombone. So uh-huh. we actually had this thing where we were like I already I already have kind of a horn section that emerges from the band because Vince would play his banjo and Dory would play accordion. And then, then all of a sudden they'd put those down and pick up two horns and I had this horn section kind of emerge and I used it a lot on, uh, especially on, on, on Shiver in the Sky, uh-huh. the 2019 record. Um, so yeah, we were doing like, you know, Fiesta and I Sketches remember seeing you guys do and, and Fiesta, like, And yes. we, you know, like it was, it was just, they were, I mean, it was really fun and it, mm-hmm. but it was like, it was a lot of work to get those in. I mean, any, like anybody can sort of, bang out streams of whiskey yes or or you know i don't know pick there's, there's a bunch of is Ball another one that's easy it's pretty straightforward you know pretty straightforward but one. um but yeah we 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 worked pretty hard to like to get to get some really interesting you gotta you gotta get into the deep down. tracks as, as adam often talks about yeah the deep you tracks. know like because if we if we said all right if we're gonna do like you know a, a bar show of this we're gonna do three hours and we yes. got and we, and we want to and every time we do it we kind of wanted to surprise people with uh-huh. like because nice. we did like Streets of Sorrow and Birmingham Six we, too, which was which was a challenge to to get that that uh you know 
Uh-huh. Uh, I I did a thing with um. It was actually it was a mix. It was so we did three shows, two shows, three shows. I know we definitely did two. I want to say we did no, we did three because we we played uh the AOH sixty one. We played the McSweeney Club in Jenkintown, and then we played a place in New Jersey. Um, and it was basically the shanties and me. This is when I was playing a lot with the shanties. I think a couple of shows we had Bob Hurst play with us. Um, and then we also had uh, some of the guys sort of bare knuckle boxers. And I fucking can't remember what we called ourselves, but we did a poke show. Okay. You know what I mean? And and, and it was fun, cool. Man. But like we, we it's, dre- a, it's a bunch of work. Like we dressed up in the suits and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We had a few rehearsals and whatnot. And it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun because it's good music. It it's, really it's is fun music. Yeah. I mean, we were thinking like, all right, maybe we can do this and like take it on the road uh-huh. and go to Boston and you know or, or you know whatever. But it was ultimately it wasn't what I wanted to do. It was right. kind of like, all right, it's fun and maybe we can make a couple of bucks because you're always kind of thinking like if you're playing your own music well it's like okay i want to play my own music and i want to do all you know and, and that's i the want to sell my records but how am i gonna make money and, <laughs> and, and, that, <laughs> so. and that goes back to like to like like me as well and i think you do the same thing it's like yes we do certain things to to make a few bucks but ultimately like i want to play my songs mm-hmm. you know what i mean so like so we got, wanna, we got we kind of got back to that we yes. kind of just sort of that, reverse course a little bit and and, and uh, like there's there's still in my repertoire if you look at my you know look at my song list mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll never be the guy I can't I can't I can't do the the iPad in front of me thing it's oh like, I, like I'm, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a either learn the song you know I, I I'm nothing like anybody people who are doing that like I see that there's guys who come into Kellyanne's and they're brilliant they're playing all the hits you so know? well that's and, um, the thing that's like, where I do the iPad. But like, is all the hits, all my like fucking solo shit. I just I do, don't care. It, I just don't care enough to do this. Which is why I use the iPad. You know? I don't care enough yeah. about those songs to actually learn them. Yeah. That's why That's I do a, the iPad. Yeah. But like, if it's a the song, the song, the poke song, poke songs, oh, got them down. Yeah, like, they're all in my down. head. You yeah, know? absolutely. All I have left in my head is like song lyrics and a vague idea where my keys are. Yeah, so, and I, you know, my vague. <laughs> Katie told me the other day. She's like, as long as you remember and they have Regina's an app, they name have an and her birthday. <laughs> yeah, she's like, as long as you remember Regina's name and your birth and her birthday, I don't fucking care what you remember, because she knows I don't remember shit and I can't hear for shit either. Which actually, I'm going to an audiologist on Thursday. Are you? That's fun. yeah. That's actually really interesting. I should do. It that. is interesting. Yeah, I because what? I, you know, exactly. <laughs> Go exactly. there. Yeah, well, but here's the funniest thing about about that. So, like, it's a free consult. I don't even know if our insurance covers hearing aids or anything like that. Plus, like, I don't know if Katie wants to pay for it um, because we just got a, a bill from where I went to the fucking uh, hospital for cutting oh, off my yeah? finger, and it's like $770 or some shit like oh, that. Oh, that's all right, because when I cut my finger at work, uh-huh. 1200 Oh, Jesus Christ. But, um, yeah, so, so I don't know, you know, but it's a free consultation at any rate, but it's funny because like when I set it up and all that, then they're like, by the way, you should bring someone with you who you care about because there's going to be a lot of information. That is their nice way of saying, mm, if you old. think you have hearing problems, you're not going to hear fuck and you're not going to remember a fucking word we say because you're not going to fucking hear it. Yeah. So we need someone there who can actually hear to understand what Translate we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, so. Man. So yeah, so I'm doing that Thursday. So that should be fucking interesting. As if, as if I'm not old enough. I mean, granted, I I am a 47 year old man with a almost nine month old daughter. So I say that makes me feel like I'm in my 20s again. <laughs> yeah. And mentally, yes, I'm in my 20s again. But I also know that I'm an old fuck. With yeah, your, like your body is just falling. Apart. I got to tell you about this too, man. I feel 
I'm embarrassed. No, I'm not embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed. Did you shit your pants? No. Well, not not recently. <laughs> there was a time where like oh, I no. shit my pants constantly <laughs> before before I got like my IBS under somewhat control. But that's that's a, those are stories for another day. Um, oh God, I fucking hate this story, but I'm gonna tell it anyway. So, hey, I can't wait for the segue back to Fairytale New York. It's a safe, <laughs> it's a safe space. Is it? Is it? Mm, is yeah. it a safe space on YouTube mm. and Spotify and Castbox and yeah. Apple Podcasts and yeah. iHeartRadio and everywhere else we're heard? Okay, so, so Adam says this is a safe space, so you guys can't fuck with me out there. Or your ladies, either. I say guys as just a generality. But I mean to include everybody. It's like in Spanish, when there's a mixed gender, you use the male. Yes. Which is probably wrong, but that's besides the point. Um, so, I fucking... We went camping last weekend, right? And so, uh, we were leaving Thursday. So, Wednesday, I go running around. Oh, no, this wasn't even fucking Wednesday. Oh, God, this goes back further. Last Monday is when this actually happened. Fuck, it wasn't even Wednesday. Fuck, I, I'm actually glad I didn't tell this story last week. I was probably I was probably still fucking pissed off about it. So we needed tequila for uh, last week's uh, yeah. episode, right? Because one of the booze and vinyl, we needed the, the Respada tequila, which is somewhere in our mobile I, bar I, over I, there. I put it away. Okay, so we we me and Regina. Regina's my little shopping buddy. I've talked about this. And um, so we're doing a little bit of running around and we go into the fucking state store and I come up with my bottle of tequila and I make a joke like, okay, kid, you can't drink this all at once. You know what I mean? Like, haha, because mm-hmm. fucking dad joke. And the guy goes, oh, look at that. We babysitting your granddaughter today. Oh, I just fucking look at him. I'm like, no, nah, man, she's all mine. She's all fucking mine, dude. She's not my grandkid. It's my kid. And uh, yeah, so I wasn't I wasn't real happy about that, and so yeah, and now I'm going yeah. on Thursday to fucking see someone about a fucking hearing aid. So right. yeah, so that's my life right now. So yeah, so could be worse. It could be raining. It's not raining. <laughs> so but, yes, but yes. So would that you, was, would you know by your knee? <laughs> yes. No, I know all about my fucking knees. So yeah, so that was that was like motherfucker, like fucking dude, call me fucking grandpa. That's like goddamn it. I may look like it, but don't you know. So at any rate, but at, but back to Fairytale New York. Do you play Fairytale New York? Uh, on occasion. Yeah, on occasion. I'll, I'll play it. I'll kind of do the, uh, I'll actually do like the Christy Moore version more often. I've actually, uh, I don't think I've heard of Christy Moore. Oh, it's good, yeah. Okay. And uh, there are a lot of versions. He, I mean, he, even he, Bon Jovi just did a version of it like a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. yeah. I heard that. It was brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, And and Christy does, does remove the F word. Okay. Um. Um, and he, and he does and he sort of you know he interprets it well. I I, I like. I mean, I, I think Christy Moore was one of the best interpreters of of songs around. But uh, um, yeah, so I'll do that. But I, I I love it. I mean, I think actually if you if you like the first that's the fourth song of the album, right? Mm-hmm. Like the whole that whole first side of that record. Oh, it's amazing. it's all it's all but it's but it's all character studies. Yes. Like you know, well, fall from, maybe Fall from Grace of God isn't quite, but. But like it's such like Fairytale New York is such a beautiful character study, and I think what what draws people into it because there's very little Christmas about it, you know. There like, is. It's become a Christmas song, which which is one of the things too. It's like 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 just it's, because they mention Christmas, is it really a Christmas song? It's, yeah, it's like it's kind of like it's a Die Hard a Christmas. Exactly, movie, right? it's, it's like Die Hard. But, it's like it which takes, is, yeah. which of course it is. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't disagree that it is. I, but, I really don't. But but the uh, but. 
You know what? What's well, what's what's, okay, what's, so what's what, what I what I feel? Hang on, but what okay. I feel like works about this song and why I think it has such because it's dark, like it's mm-hmm. dark. It I mean, dark. And I yes. and I think I think actually the 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 guy in the in the in the in the story, I I think he's I think it's told in flashbacks. Mm-hmm. I think I think the the guy in the drunk tank is is telling a story. Like I mean, although there's a although there's like a, a, a you know it's a duet and there's there's a narrative going on. The like I mean the last the last before they hit the chorus at the end like the last couple of lines. They're drinking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need uh, another one? I'm the, good. I'm the good. only thing that's left is ahas. Oh, okay. There you go. So oh. the ahas are sparkling water. Oh, if, you're, if you're not familiar with those, yeah. um, so. but like yeah, the, the the last the last verse is like you know, um, you took my dreams from me yes. when I first found you, and and then there's that line. I kept them with me, babe. I put them with my own. Can't mm-hmm. make it all like it's like it's 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 redemptive. Yes. Because the the guy in the story is clearly, you know, the, they're both obviously just troubled people yes. who've but, who've 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 not managed, you know. But there's but there's at the end of it all, there's like there's the love is still there. There, you know? yeah, and there is a beauty attack because sometimes so, troubled people do so, end up together, and it's, it's so beautiful. You know, like you know what I mean? Like I mean, yes. it's it's kind of like is it misery loves company. Yes. Well, to I, extent, I don't know. It's, yeah. I mean, I think that's it's actually the most Christmas thing about it about that song is that is that there's is that there's hope. Yeah. You know. Okay. Like, like you feel like there's actually hope. It's kind of you know when you think about I I, I listened to a whole podcast series about about the 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 office. And they talked about like how to how to make the office work for an American audience. And, wait, and, wait, 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 they, wait, wait, wait! You listen to a podcast that's uh, not podcast. the country hipster podcast? Yeah, I mean you're only doing one a week. Like I, I got a lot of time to fill. We're so. we're now twenty three <laughs> episodes deep. Come on, man! So, but, the, <laughs> but this, but they talked about like giving people like a silver lining at the end, and uh-huh. that American audiences needed, or yeah. or, the, or that the the, the Ricky Gervais the original yes. version was too was all you know it was almost too dark. Right. And and I think what Fairy Tale does is it just draws. It, it just gives you like this glimmer at the end of it, and then and then you had this this very uplifting instrumental at the end, you know, like and it's so there is there's such there's such a uh, uh, like it, it's it's yeah I, I never I you know you listen to it it's not it's really not a Christmas song. What one of the best versions? But it, but, it, of but it's but it's it's just there's like I said the the redemptive quality uh-huh. and the and the the uplifting instrumental at the end. It, it's just, it's beautiful. I, I, I've got like goosebumps thinking about that line, like that. You know, yep. I kept them with me, babe. I put them with my own. No. Can't make it all alone. I built my dreams around you. Like it, yep. it's, it is, it's stunning writing. You know what so, I mean? Yep. So so two two notes on that. Number one, one of the best versions I ever actually heard of Fairy Tale New York, um, as far as covers go, because a lot of people uh-huh. have covered yeah. this. I've covered it. I've, obviously, you've covered it. Yeah. Sure, Adams even covered it to get laid. Um, but. Uh, <clears throat> It works. It works. So yeah, <laughs> funny. Okay, okay. Another funny story about that. I'm gonna digress. So I was playing. Um, this was uh, one of my. This was like my second or third St. Patrick's Day. It was um, uh, the end of Irish Terry Conklin and before Birmingham Six. So mm. I'm playing my last thing, and it's basically at that point, um, Brent and Susie who Irish were in Terry Irish, Ter- Irish Terry Conklin. <laughs> Irish Terry Conklin. <laughs> did you do you ever know like my story behind Irish Terry Conklin? No. So that was my first foray into Irish music, right? Do you know who Irish Terry Conklin is? No. There is this <laughs> bad movie from like either late 90s or early 2000s about boxing, right? And it's called The Great White Hype, and it stars Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, I and, heard of it. Yeah, yeah. And basically, the, the reason I named my band Irish Terry Conklin, my last name is Weiss. 
which is uh-huh. German, which I am, you know, Irish and German. I do have more Irish than German in me. I also have a little Scottish in me, right? So one of the jokes about Irish Terry Conklin, the the, the boxer in it, was, you know, they, they're like telling the guy, like, we're going to call you Irish Terry Conklin. And the guy's like, I'm not Irish. They're like, don't worry. In boxing, it just means you're white. <laughs> <laughs> so... I named <laughs> my band funny. Irish Terry Conklin. So Paul Weiss was playing right. Irish Terry Conklin. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm not even all fully Irish. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's where I think. So, so that's where Irish Terry Conklin came from. And then, so this was before I started Birmingham six. So this was my first foray into it of like, okay, let me see if this works. I never expected the band to, mm-hmm. to last. I really didn't. Um, but I had, I, I surrounded myself with, with three amazing musicians. So the last year, that were doing um, St. Patrick's Day. Uh, Brett and Susie had already moved on. They were doing like this. And I knew I knew at one point they were going to leave the band to do this other band that they were doing at the time, which had at that time had the possibility they were talking to labels and stuff like that. So it's like, yeah, yeah. guys, go do your fucking thing. I don't yeah. care. We don't talk about this hot-ass drummer. We don't talk about the hot-ass drummer. So this, this, um, this show was just me and the hot-ass drummer who we don't yeah. talk about yeah. for um, reasons that, you know, she may have gone to jail to be a, from being a pedophile. May or, may or may not have, but whatever. Um, so yeah. this year I'm playing it, and so two of my friends come out. And I've also said this on many occasions, that when you're doing these bar shows, you have three jobs. And the third job is playing music. The first job is to sell beer. Hmm. The second one is to get people laid. The third job is to play music. That's what these these yeah. like solo gigs and, and these bar gigs are all about. So I have a friend of mine... <laughs> <laughs> comes up to me him and his wife came to see me and and he's like dude could you play fairy tale in new york i'm like dude i just closed the last set with fairy tale in new york and he's like dude my wife said that if i can get you to play fairy tale in new york that she'll fuck me tonight and i was like i got you yeah and so so you're getting laid so sir. so he goes and sits down we play the next song we do fairy tale in new york and everybody's like hey, and i end it with that goes out to everyone who's getting laid tonight <laughs> and of course it embarrassed her but he still got laid. Yeah. So that's that. That's the first thing. Um. And so, um. Fuck. Where was I going with this? I totally got sidetracked because I started talking about Irish Irish Terry Conklin. What was the last thing I said before I started talking about Irish Terry Conklin? Something about your hot ass drummer. No, 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 no. <laughs> that was before that. <laughs> fuck. All right. At any rate. So, um. So this song. I, I do. We're talking oh, oh. about the best version you ever heard. I remember best for. Thank That's you. Thank you. Yeah, good one of the best version, best cover version I ever heard of it was actually by. Uh, it bon was Jovi. No, mm-hmm. it was Glenn Hansford or Hansford. Hansard. 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 Thank you, Glenn Hansford and Iron and Wine. Oh yeah, and they did. And they, that is a great. I know and they that did person, have yeah. a, a female vocalist who I, I honestly, I unfortunately, it, do not remember it, what it was. Um, Andy, Andy, my bandmate, played on that. It was done live. Yes, yeah. yes, it yeah. was done live. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Was it the, the female? Sure. Was it I think the... he I think he played on it. I know he was. It was a uh, because it was Iron and Wine and like Calexico. I think so. Like yes, Hunter. yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And, and absolutely. And he was sitting in with Calexico at the time. Are you serious? Oh I'm man, pretty that's... sure. Yeah, they they did it. I think it was like a show. It was like a show in New York that like Iron Iron and Wine were kind of like hosting. Yeah. Uh, but Glenn Hanser was part of it because you know we I know Andy got to meet Glenn Hanser and I, I think he I think he was on stage. For oh, that, that is person, great! But yeah. I I mean I saw it on YouTube. It's I'm great. Like, this yeah. is a fucking amazing. Yeah, check it out. You might see you might fucking, see you yes. might see Andy playing. Oh, dude, guitar it's... or banjo or pedal steel or something. Yes, that um, that is like that is one of my favorite versions of the that's song. That's good. Their 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 quality. Yeah. Most, most versions I've heard are. 
total shit. Oh yeah, yeah. And Absolute even like shit. like even to the point where like like so they 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 when it comes to like uh after like the second course they're like la 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 mm. la la like I actually incorporated that to when I started playing you know, when I yeah, play yeah, it solo. Yeah. Uh, which is not part of the song. It's just you know, it kind right, of just yeah. goes right into it. But I actually I actually incorporated it. But also another song that originated from it became a a a very beautiful and very standard christmas song but really it didn't originate as a christmas song it originated as part of a broadway show and that is um have yourself a merry little christmas which was actually written um i believe it was Irvin berlin it was written by Irvin berlin for the musical meet me in st louis which is not a christmas musical mm. they just happen to have a scene that happens at Christmas. Right. You know what I mean? So, so you know, but but it has become a long-standing and endearing kind of hard Christmas to say song. That have yourself a merry little Christmas isn't a Christmas song. Well, I know, I know, but but ultimately the purpose was right, right. not. It was basically like the the whole point of that that song in that. And when you look at when you look at have yourself a merry little Christmas and where it stands in the play and ultimately the movie, Judy Garland does a beautiful version singing of it. But that where that stands is actually not about christmas it's about the fact that they're actually getting ready to leave st louis and move to new york so their dad could take their new job and it's basically judy garland saying to 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 i believe it's trudy is is the 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 younger sister she's talking to it's like it's like don't worry things will be fine Mm -hmm. just have yourself a merry little christmas because this is christmas time which in in a way it's it's not a christmas song but it's absolutely a Christmas song. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it's it's in the setting of Christmas, but it's not necessarily meant because when you know when you think it's of like a, Die Hard. Yes, you're right. Exactly. <laughs> when you think when you think of a Christmas song, and we will get into this, which we will be having a Christmas episode at some point. Can't we got to set up that recording. But when you think of like you know like a Christmas song, like like Holly Jolly Christmas mm-hmm. and shit like that, and Jingle Bells and stuff like that, that are those are undeniable Christmas songs. Fairy Tale New York is not an no. undeniable Christmas song. Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas is not an undeniable Christmas song. Mm. When you look at the circumstances of of what it was actually written right. for and how it was used. No. So so yeah, so I I get that though. But 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 again, back to what you were saying, the 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 guy kind of bringing it all together, you know, I kept them with me, babe. You yeah, know what I mean? That's, it, it, it's it kind does. of why it's kind of why I think it it's a, he's it's almost like because remember the video? I know the video was like directed by Matt Dillon, I think, and I think he was in it, and he played a cop in it. He was, he uh, was, yes. Yeah. But it was, um, you know, I, I kind of, I, I, I mean, I, it's, it's just a beautifully executed song too, and and mm-hmm. and I, and I, apparently they tried recording it like many times. They recorded it with Koch O'Riordan, and then Koch left the band, uh-huh. and and they were they were considering, I think like Chrissy Hind and Susie Quattro and a few other sort of big name I could see female Chrissy Hind on that yeah. yeah but but Kirsty McCall was married to Steve Lillywhite Christy McCall know, let's raise it Christy McCall I was waiting for it I was going to do it on my own but I was waiting for you to say it but she was married yeah but and apparently he coached her he took her home for like a day and Shane McGowan when he heard Kirsty McCall's vocals I know exactly what Paul's going to say continue. insisted on re-recording we need to find justice for Christy McCall yeah that shit was bullshit yeah Look it up. Christy McCall was murdered. It wasn't an accident. Anyway, go on. Well, I mean, even if it was an accident, someone it was it was someone needs it to was pay for negligence. It. Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
Yeah, Prandy Shame again re-recorded his vocal after he heard Kirsty McCall okay. singing. Nice. And, uh, but it's, yeah, you know, it's, it's like, like I said, if I'm listening to the record and you say, I'm going to skip over one song, it might be that one. Mm-hmm. But then you stop and, and like, and like listen to it and go like, what a what a yeah. piece of writing, you know? Yes. It was apparently done on a bet. It was like, like Elvis Costello like challenged them to like write a Christmas song. Oh, yeah. really? It was, okay. It was, it was Shane McGann and, and Jem Finer, I think, wrote the song. Nice. And, um, so you know, that was that was it was part of a like a kind of a kind of a bet to to write a Christmas song or a challenge you know like a writing challenge. So so here's what I will say as far as um, the problematic part of it the the problematic term that is used in it yeah. is that I think um, that you know mu- music is written at at that time it was written it was definitely meant as a derogatory thing but I don't think no yeah I don't think I don't think it was a malicious derogatory whereas now it would be taken as malicious mm-hmm. i think it was more of a um it would be the same as like you know like calling you an idiot mm-hmm. you know what yeah. i mean which isn't necessarily looked at as a bad thing but but times change things change yeah. i also have a child who um identifies as um not only as transgendered but as queer as well um and so I think for me personally, I need to find when, if I'm going to play that song, I need to find a less problematic term to yeah. use. I agree. I don't, I don't use you the know? word anymore. And I, and I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's central to the song. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would, right, use, exactly. I would just sing, uh, you're cheap and you're ragged. Yeah. That's usually what I'll, what I'll sing. I, I, because I, I, because I, I, it's not, it's not necessary. You know what I mean? I've been like toying with Jagoff. You're a Jagoff. You know what I mean? It's yeah, kind of like the, you yeah. know, you're just, you're an, you're an asshole. It's, you're um, an idiot. I, you know? I, I, I kind of feel like people who are, who are determined to, to still sing it with that term. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's, I don't know. Like, I mean, the, the, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's, it's not central to the song. It's not, it's not, it's, it's, not, not, it's not essential. You know? It's, you know? it's, it's, it's not essential. It's, and, it, and it's like, if it's if it's hurting anybody, like why the fuck? Why you know, why, like, why do it? Don't, exactly, you know, exactly. It's, it's not it's not to, needed. To to touch on what you said about how it's not meant maliciously, it's almost as if just calling somebody an idiot. Um, there it does it doesn't mean and and real quick I say that I said it, it's not meant maliciously. It doesn't mean that it's not felt maliciously. Yeah. Just because it's not meant maliciously does not. Yeah. You know, even it's, though the intent. Um, does that's, not does not that's a really good point you know also does not take off how it's being yeah, felt yeah. so that's a different thing no also, that's, that's a that's a great point also very problematic um louis ck the comedian louis ck mm-hmm. has a bit where he talks about the word in question uh-huh. and how south park did a whole episode yeah, on it too when yes. they were kids they never used it to describe somebody who was homosexual. So, yeah. so here's the yeah. thing, though. Here's the thing, though. And and I grew up pretty pretty much. I think Louis C.K. and my myself are probably not much different in age. And so I grew up in that time. Mm-hmm. I grew up in that. And 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 to an extent, I see what Louis C.K. is saying. Except that, where did the word come from? And where would it's a pile of sticks? Yeah. Exactly. Well, but that's not that's not where it came from. Yeah. from me do you know what i mean and i know that right. and i knew that then even though i might say it to someone at that time like you know whatever not meaning to hurt them yeah not meaning it necessarily in in any other derogatory well, you way don't mean other in, a, than in a sexual idiot. way like exactly it's, it's, it's the however still in my mind how old are you 
47. Uh, so Louis C.K. has almost a decade on you. Yeah, oh, okay. I was kind of but thinking still, that. Louis C.K. is like well in his 50s. It's, it's, not, you know, it's not that far dif- that's yeah. not far yeah. that far of a difference, though, especially in you know 1980s in Northeast Philadelphia, yeah. where the N-word was still accepted widely. Um, and anybody who wants to deny that, there's a reason why they call it the Lily White Northeast, because they didn't want black mm-hmm. people in the Northeast, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. But... Um, not that I didn't. I'm just saying that's 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 the story behind it. But like, but that's the thing. There is, even though I might not have necessarily meant it towards, you know, someone's sexual orientation. Oh, I yeah, wasn't absolutely. thinking of yeah. that as a kid who heard yeah. this stuff and just like, oh well, this is just what you say. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean that that my derivative wasn't from that. It wasn't from a bag of sticks. It wasn't from a smoke. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah, what what yeah. is it? in in Ireland they say it all the time. Fag, as, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. And it's not meant as meant anything other than which a is smoke. a stick, a stick that you light, you know? right? <laughs> which which was not how it was ever presented yeah. to me. Yet, no, you know what I mean. So I think I think at some point, I, I think I think also like there's there's the you know there's all the people who are who are sort of jumping on like the anti yes. PC wagon, like vehemently you know defending their right to say whatever they want, and honestly. I think those people are fucking idiots. Yes, so, I do. You know, I do for the most part because because it's, kind of, it's like why? What? What are you? What are you really standing up for? Exactly. You know, you're not. You're not standing for anything at all well, except except some version of the world that you that you are are, are refu- you know that that just, you feel was better and and uh, just because everything was a certain way for a certain time doesn't mean that it was right. Yeah. You know. So funny story about that. Funny, funny fucking story as a segue. So. One of the things that has always been an indicator in selling records, and when you see an increased bunch of sales in something, you're like, oh, fuck. One of those things has always been death. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So when someone dies, and I, I, I knew this when I worked at Soundstage Direct, I've known it from Oswald Record Garage and, and yeah. you know. I say there's whatnot. artists who didn't, who didn't become famous until... Right, until, so. right, right. So, so funny thing is, so I they have an Oscar. Yeah, <laughs> yes. So I had um, had, and I say had because I had about six copies. Four? No, I had four left. Four copies of Alice Cooper, The Eyes of Alice Cooper, on CD that I've had listed on Oswald Record Garage for a long time now. Mm-hmm. Right, um, listed on the Discogs page, listed on the website page. And every now and then I would sell one, like, mm-hmm. you know, no big deal, like whatever. Um, so I noticed in the last couple of days, I sold out of all of my copies of that, of that CD. Oh shit, is Alice all right? <laughs> well, so that's the thing. I'm like, oh fuck, what happened to Alice Cooper? So I looked up Alice Cooper. I just yeah. put Alice Cooper in Google and hit enter. So Alice Cooper is alive and well, yeah. but not only does death and Taylor Swift sell records now, so does cancel culture. Because apparently, uh, Alice Cooper came out and made some some oh, anti-trans statements really? in the last yeah. couple days. So now everybody's buying these fucking Alice Cooper CDs from me my, because he's a news. My my daughter is a, a fan of, of is a fan of country music and is a fan of Morgan Wallen. Uh, Morgan Wallen's album post him saying oh, yeah, the N-word. Yeah, yeah. jumped up. Oh, yeah, I know that. Roof. I know that. Yeah, I, yeah. I absolutely know that. And it's just, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, so not only, not it's only just now. A, it's just the whole like anti-woke thing. Is, yes. Is, uh, like, 
Now, not only Still, do I, I need don't get Paul McCartney and Eddie Vedder to die in a car crash together <laughs> to become a millionaire, I also need them to say something really stupid before they do. <laughs> right. So, right, like, right as they're going, going off the cliff. Off the cliff. <laughs> there were only two sexes. <laughs> what? Exactly. Dude, I will, I will blow up. The Paul, record industry Paul, would there blow only, the fuck up. There are only two sexes, lads. <laughs> what was that, Paul? <laughs> oh damn now he's dead right, I, just, so. I just imagine the headline like the news headline is like in a strange turn of events Eddie Vedder and Paul McCartney were driving at the Grand Canyon today and apparently you know what? If, if, you really, if you really want to throw things over the top just fucking put Ringo Starr in the back of the car with him and it will be good you know what I mean it's like but no but like that was the, and, and it's and you say that like oh my god I hope Alice is okay no that that was seriously that was the thing the, but the, that was not yeah. I remember I remember there was um, I can't remember the name of the band I honestly can't because there were there were a punk band who I knew I heard of but think? no they weren't a punk band <laughs> Ubastank is actually the proper way to pronounce it, but not Uba, Uba. But at any rate, um, I um, I remember this when I was working at South Stage Direct. I walked in on the one morning, and basically what we do on Monday morning is you would just like kind of import all the sales from the website to our back office stuff, so I knew right away what to order. Um, and there's like from the one distributor, just fucking all these like orders for this one record. Not that it was that much, but for that band who I'd never heard of from this distributor, which was a smaller distributor, to have like 15 orders between Saturday morning and Monday morning was a lot. So I remember contacting Rep. I'm like, who the fuck is, and I don't remember the name of the band. And they're like, oh yeah, their singer died over the weekend. Mm. I was like, oh, okay, there you go. But I remember when, um, uh, who's the Beastie Boy that's dead? Is that is that Mike D? I always forget. I've, 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 I've probably asked my girlfriend this like six times in the past. Hold month. on, because I don't want to. I what? Adam, Adam, Nathan, Yankic. Um, yeah, okay. Yes. Uh, so let's let's hear it Come on, you want to hear from Adam? Okay. Mm. So when he died, that was like midday. One of those dead. The Ahas, yes. Oh, so yeah. that was that was um, that was midday when he had died, or the news came out that he died, and I just remember like seeing order after order after order after order yeah. of all the Beastie Boy stuff. So we basically yeah. just discoded on the the site because we're like, well, we can't keep up with this this amount of stuff, so we just kind of just knocked it out of stock, and then you know saw what we could get. But you know, same thing happened when Prince died, and mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So, I remember right after. I remember I found a, a, my neighbor two doors down from me at my old house was throwing away a bunch of records and I, I love that day. And I, <laughs> that I, was an amazing day. And I and I was I was going through them. I was looking it was maybe two weeks after Bowie died. And there was like yeah. seven or eight Bowie albums. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. I and it's I sold all those Bowie it's albums rare very anymore, fast. Though, it is rare I mean, to get Bowie stuff. I have a couple well, it's of It's rare it's rare it's rare I think because of like the internet, it's rare to find like Yes. Like those kind of you know you mm-hmm. when you go to like the flea markets it's <laughs> here here's what i say when when and this is just well excuse me because i do like to give my general advice out to vinyl buyers because sometimes i think you get a little ridiculous here's the thing to keep in mind when someone really famous or really popular dies same thing happened after tom petty happened after mm-hmm. prince happened after the beastie boys um 
take a breath. Happened after George Michael as well. Um, take a breath. Take a step back. Wait, because those people are going to die, and then the record labels are going to re-release yeah. all of yeah. their shit, either in a box set or individually or whatever. So take a breath. Don't jump onto the second secondary market and just buy a fucking George Michael with Aretha Franklin 45 for $20 because the day before I had it listed at a dollar 99. And then I happened to check my phone that Michael, Michael, George Michael died. And I'm like, well, fuck this. And I, <laughs> it was a dollar and I upped it up to 1999 and I sold it in five minutes yeah. after upping it to 1999. Yeah. So I am a dick for doing that. Yes. But it's also capitalism. So yeah. take a breath, take a step back, just wait. The, the popular stuff will be re-released yeah. after that artist dies because ultimately his family wants to make his or her family wants to make the money and the shit will and the record label wants to make the money because ultimately they can't make any more money off of a dead person. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So take a breath. Pogues, have you ever seen them live? Um, uh, no. Mm. I saw Shane McGowan. I'm sure you have. I saw, I've, seen, I've seen the, po- well, I tell you, I, I've never seen the original lineup live. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, because so, you go I back saw, to the original like saw, lineup, saw, you're, saw, you're saw, taking out Phil Chevron and. Well, I mean, I've never seen, but even, even even like the, up until like their their of the of the five original right. Pogues records. Mm-hmm. So I've seen the Pogues live without Shane McGowan. Okay. And like after I saw the the Waiting for Herb tour. Uh, I, saw I saw that tour as well. I hey, where did you see it? Trocadero. Fucking Trocadero, yeah. March nineteen ninety four. Yeah. So wait, wait. I okay. hung out with them afterwards at Fergie's. Oh, are you fucking serious? Yeah, I've 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 a, I've a Fergie's, uh, I've a Fergie's uh, uh, menu signed by all of them. Oh, that's fucking my, amazing. My, so my bro- I have a picture of it on my phone. My so brother has it. You're a little get, bit older than me, right? Yeah. Not by not by much though. Yeah, I'm like uh, four years older than you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So so I was um so I was under 18 at the time i wasn't even 21 and that was the first time at the truck which the fucking if if, if anybody who's out there has ever gotten to see a show at the trocadero there now in many cases the trocadero sound was pretty fucking horrible Mm -hmm. however it was one of the most amazing fucking places to see a show so you only realize the sound was hard i actually saw the same band like twice once at the truck, and then like about two nights later up in New York. And okay. I'm like, and I'm like, oh shit, this is what they sound like. <laughs> truck, dude, so, the truck really does. Suck. So that show yeah. in March of 94 at the Trocadero without Shane McGowan was the That's first Shane. time I saw the Pogues, and I had to sit in the balcony. So, so what the Trocadero used to oh, do man. is that downstairs was all ages all the time, upstairs was the bar. And that was the over 21 people. Oh, so but because it was like right before St. Patrick's Day and all that, they flipped their routes. They're like, all the older age kids, you go to fuck upstairs. Oh, really? That's what happened? Everybody under 21, you go downstairs. Was, so you was, got to fucking hang out with them. I was definitely 21. Yeah, I met them at Fergie's. <sighs> got to hang out. Like, I was I was ordering a pint of Guinness at the bar at Fergie's. And someone says, someone next to me goes like, how's the pint here? I turn around, it was Spider Stacy. Oh, Jesus was fucking like, Christ. It's amazing. Because uh, yeah. it's, it's so not I, a big place. It maybe fits 300 people. The truck? Yeah. No, I think. Not even that many, you think? No, I feel like like more. Like more standing, more standing, standing, yeah. standing, I'd say 800 to 1,000 maybe. Yeah. Okay. Um, All like right. It's as big as the TLA, right? I mean, by TLA Okay, size. it is a little bigger than TLA. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, maybe it's about the same, but the TLA I think held 
5,000. Like okay. All right. Like standing, you know. Fucking amazing. It was, it was great oh, seeing them. great even show. Though, and that was my whole thing. And I, li- I liked Waiting for Herb. Like, I, I mean, I know people like sort of dismiss everything that happened after the after Hell's Ditch, but I thought I thought Waiting for Herb was, was a was a pretty solid record. Well, if I remember correctly, they like they played some stuff off of Waiting for Herb and Pope Mahomes, but... <laughs> They still play, played all this fucking classic. Sh- the classic. They didn't they, play fairy they tale. Played some. But they played the they fucking played classic. Some, but I think, I think they went pretty heavy on on their on their post Shane material. But well, but the, and I and I, I think also like I mean, like on on the later records, like Shane's songwriting input had, had was drastically going down. Yes, I mean even on on. So I mean going going back to Fall from Grace with God. You know, like thousands are sailing. That was a uh, that was Chevron. That was Chevron, mm-hmm. and, which they and, played that night. You know, at, in, yeah, because yeah, I was super excited played, about that. Yeah. You know, but the, and then on Peace and Love and Hell's Ditch, I mean, the the other songwriters were definitely stepping up. Hell, Hell's then, Hell's Ditch, you know, I know that Shane wrote the least amount. Of. Yeah, yeah, you because know, I mean, he was he was, he was messed fucking, up. Yeah, he was you know, messed but, up. Yeah, but it, but uh, and then I and then I saw I saw Shane again with the Popes, at least. Four times. Oh wow! Maybe. See, I've never seen it with four the Popes. Times. I remember there is the one infamous show where he was scheduled to play at the TLA, and he disappeared. I was at that show. You're at that show, and then apparently, and, and, he, a, and a fact, like, I, in fact, I know, I, I was at the time he's passed away. Jonathan, he was a bartender at the TLA. He was like the the bar manager. Uh-huh. He told me the story because they couldn't find him. Right. So we're there forever, just waiting around, which wasn't unusual with a yes, Pope yes, show, yes. or you know, just sort of fucking waiting. Eventually, the Popes. The band comes out, and the guy, the whoever was the, who's the musical director of the Popes, the head guy of the Popes, kind of grabs the mic and he says, "He goes, guys, I'm really sorry. We don't know where he is. <laughs> Look, you, you can all get your money back. Um, we'll play you a few songs, you know. And so they start just playing some like instrumentals. People are fucking pissed off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the oh, yeah. plastic cups are flat, which which was which was so wrong. Yes, because these guys are like they're just trying to help you. Out. Exactly. Yes. You know, uh, my friend Roseanne was with me. She she's like first one. She's graceful, beautiful, tall girl. And she's she like leaps back to the the box office. She's back like two minutes later with all her. She grabs all her tickets, runs. Uh-huh. She's back with all her money. Next thing. McGowan appears up on stage and I think even the police had come in I think I think some cops had come in oh Jesus Christ because I remember it's McGowan coming on stage and going like, who's all the fucking filth doing here <laughs> <laughs> but like my, my buddy Jonathan told me he says yeah he goes he goes, I'm like backstage next thing like this car pulls up McGowan like fucking calms out of the, the car his manager grabs him goes where the fuck were you and he grabs him drags him back and McGowan goes I have to piss and he goes and he, so he grabs he grabs a beer off somebody throws the beer out piss into this <laughs> He said he put a foot-long line of coke in front of him. Let's and he, so he's doing the line of coke while peeing into a pint glass. And he push and he gets pushed out on stage. Oh man! And it was a really good show. That's that's <laughs> what I heard. So so I want to say I want to say like, that 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 and again I mentioned earlier Fran O'Connor and, and Billy Donahue who were uh, in the Boys of County Hell. Fran yeah, O'Connor is yeah. down to Boxside Rose with Box with Bob Hurst who's uh-huh. a friend of the podcast and Billy Donahue from the Shanties. Um, and I believe they up the stayed. dubs, really up the dubs, up the dubs, and I believe they stayed for the whole time and actually got to see Shane with the Popes, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, no, I stayed too. I stayed for the whole. Yeah, I, I was still there because it wasn't long after they announced that the show was canceled, uh-huh. and so the Popes are up there playing. My friend Roseanne goes, gets all our money back. So we've we've already gotten our money back, uh-huh. yeah. but then, you didn't and, then, and then it was like within five minutes. 
Miguel is awesome. on stage. That's you know? awesome. So we kind of like getting a free show. You know? Yes. Great. So oh, or all of a sudden we had cash. I'm like to the bar, my friends. <laughs> to the go. bar. So yeah. So I saw them in '94 in at, Dublin, at the Trocadero, which is pretty. You saw them in Dublin. Oh, the, the Pope. I saw the Pope. So I'm again okay. with the Popes in Dublin. Yeah. And okay. then I actually saw them on the first full reunion tour in 2006 with Shane. I didn't go to any of the reunion tour shows. What's I that? Don't know, I don't know why I didn't go into uh, any. I, I, there was I, something about it that I just kind of. I had to see them with Shane. Yeah, That's how I yeah, looked yeah, at it. And yeah. I was at Atlantic City at the uh, Borgata. And one of the cool things about that was the opening man was the Saw Doctors. So I had played that afternoon, fucking packed out, fucking booked it down to fucking um, Atlantic City. And here's kind of the cool thing about it was because of that show, um, going to that show in Atlantic City to see the Pogues and the Saw Doctors, I actually discovered the Tossers. Mm. because there was someone who was on the street team for victory records who as people were coming out of the brigada when the show was over was hanging was handing out like these three song cds for the tossers oh, wow. and it was for their um their album um fuck i can't remember what the name of the album was yeah. but it has like uh the good morning dad and no loot no booze no fun on it they're hanging out these cds and that's where i discovered the tossers was because of the pogues and the saw doctors so that that was pretty that was pretty fucking cool and it was cool seeing Shane with them like like I'm not gonna lie yeah. now because know, of that yeah. I know they've done... we did a couple of shows like in a wheelchair and everything. yeah exactly I, mean, I didn't care about any of those yeah. number one number one the price was too high number two you know what I was like I saw them yeah, yeah. I saw them without Shane saw them with Shane I don't need to see the post I'm kind of I'm kind of I mean I'm I'm a little regretful I think it was kind of like the the purest in me kind of went like nah you know like well see it it's, was it's, it's like this this is like it's a it was a cash grab, and but I get it. I get now, that. Now I understand it more because, like, as a, as a musician, I understand that we're not Valley getting in the Valley of Shadow Dust. That's we're the not, one. Yep. We're not selling like all these bands that used to make enough money from their greatest hits album sales to maintain yes. whatever yes. lifestyle they well, had. But that all was of a sudden, the thing. That's all so, gone, and so they're they're back out on the road. So for but, me, for me, it and especially in retrospect, it actually was the purest form of the Pogues that I knew because, because even though like, like even when you look at the albums I liked, right? Like the, the three I listed, Hell's Ditch was my introduction. Uh I eventually turned Rum Sodomy into my second, but if, if I should fall from grace of God is my number one. So two out of the three top albums for me personally from the Pogues has that lineup of, of shame and Phil and, and, you know, Spider and, and, and all that. And doesn't include Kate, even though she's, you know, touring now with Spider with the Pogetry in Motion. She's she's also just joined another band that are playing at Johnny Brenda's. Yes, it's, it's actually yeah. a band she was already in. Okay. So I was, yeah. fuck it, do you want to go to that show? I am out of town that night. I remember looking, at, I remember looking at the date going like, oh, damn, I can't. I'm like, oh, damn my. it. So, so they're coming. They're like, I forget what the fuck they're called. Hold on. Let me look it up. They're it's like, a, an, they're like an older band. They're like an older band. band. They're like, yeah. like, like, uh, like a, a seventies post punk, early new yeah, wave band. Yeah, yeah. And she's playing in it. And originally me and Katie were going to get tickets, but then we weren't going to, man, I, I really know, still yeah. want to go to I remember like looking at the date going Here, here's the coolest thing about Kater Reardon and, and I'm not telling everybody you should go look her up on Facebook but but 
like if you if you message her, she'll message you back, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's really fucking cool. Yeah. It really is cool. No, it is, that, and she's, you know, she's very active online. And yes, she does, and she gets, yes, she is, and and um, and you know, like I I unfortunately I've never seen been able to see any of the poetry in motion tours that they've done because they've done a few of them with Kate and Spider, and then whatever. I saw their I saw their free at noon. They did a free because okay. we were playing at World Cafe that night. Nice. And it was right. Around, it was right before COVID because mm-hmm. I remember everyone who was at the free at noon got like an email saying like that somebody at World Cafe had tested positive for COVID, oh. and, we, and we were all kind of like, Ooh, Ooh, somebody ne- somebody near us had the plague. Yeah. <laughs> and this was like, and two weeks later, the world shut down. You know, but yes. we were all like, Ooh. Yeah. but but yes. Yeah, so so I I I, I kind of want to go to that show like. My wife, I mean, my wife's it, well behind on these yeah. episodes, but by the time she reaches this, it's probably already passed. So, like, <laughs> I need to, I need to go to that show. I and think Johnny, I need to go to that show. I need Johnny, to spend that money. Johnny Brenda's is a great Johnny uh, Bre- place to I, see music. Too, I consider know, so. Johnny Brenda's the mini truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I, I I've that. only seen one show there. That was Tim Barry. The first time I saw Tim Barry was at uh, Johnny Brenda's, and it was fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The sound is phenomenal. The, the place is great. And it's a, you know yeah, what I mean? So, great. yeah. So, I, I I think I'm going to need to make... Are you going to be out of town? I am. I forget, the, I forget, the, I forget the date. God damn it. And, uh, yeah. You're about as helpful to me as I am to Star Wars movies with you. <laughs> Did you ever hear that story? No. How I spoiled... Well, okay. So, so I will say this. I did not spoil The Force Awakens for you. Frank Daly spoiled The first Force Awakens for you. How, how do you... How do you... <laughs> all right so the story goes so this was no, f- I, I, so i have to give you a prelude i don't care that much about star wars you I did just, at that time though. No. i just get no i i definitely went and gave you like a super hard time dude going. you know okay, it was it was like my in to give paul yeah. a let me super hard let me tell you something you gave me a super hard time now but you know i received multiple messages from multiple people about why would you do that <laughs> Like seriously, seriously. So that's like even, it just makes it better. Like, it does, it does. But I received, and not from like like. Did I post people. it? Did I post yeah, it? Yeah, you did. You did. You fucking did. And then and then like I received multiple messages. Like, why would you fucking ruin that for him? What the fuck was that? So listen, if you've if you've seen if you have not seen the Force Awakens at this point, fuck you. <laughs> You really should have seen it at this point. Yeah, it's been out for yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's been, been out for no, too long. Stop. Like spoiler alert on a movie that's yes. over ten years old. Yes. So so, so like like, all right. So here's what happened. It was Christmas, and it was I was honestly it was Christmas Eve. Baby. It, no, 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 it wasn't. It was it was like two days before Christmas though. It in was the, actually in, one of like the in a brow pub. <laughs> if I if I think about this night right. Like I honestly look back on this night very favorably, even though it was with my my former landlord Bazaar. Um, you were there. Frank Daly from Jameson Celtic Rock, who's a friend of the podcast, was there, and um, his wife at the time, Shannon, was also there. And we were there, and we we're sitting at Frankfurt Hall in um, Fishtown, mm. right? Um, John lived in Fishtown. I lived in Fishtown. This is the one time I let him cross Oxford Street. Um, which is pretty ridiculous because for Oxford Street is a very tiny street between uh, Marlboro and Belgrade. Not Belgrade. Is it Belgrade? What street do you live on? I'm on Columbia. You're on Columbia. Yes, yes. So Oxford Street is a very small street between Marlboro and Columbia, right? John, as he mentioned earlier, uh, actually at dinner, he didn't mention it on the podcast, has lived in Fishtown since 2004, 2005, mm-hmm. right? I moved in there in 2011, 2012. 2011. It was definitely 2011. 
right? So at that point, when I realized that John, which that's another story, um, I actually saw you guys practicing in your house about about six months before I knew who you were, before we had actually met. Okay. Yeah, and I actually almost knocked on your door, but like, oh, Yo, you guys are pretty good. My name's Paul. I live around the corner. But I didn't. But I, I, I remember I was walking around. I was going to like the, the fucking, like, uh, uh, what was the fucking um, pizza place? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Central, Central. Central. Yeah. Central. I was going to Central Pizza to pick up something. I heard you guys practicing. And I was knocked on your door like, yo, who the fuck are you guys? I play Irish music. But I didn't do that. Um, so at any rate, it, it was there's this little street. And I used to tell John that he's not allowed to pass <laughs> Oxford Street. Because I'm the fattest hipster in Fishtown. And that is the rules. You can't pass fucking Oxford Street. Everything from Oxford Street on is mine. Everything from Oxford Street that way is yours. Mm-hmm. No big deal. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so so we went to Frankfurt Hall. It was me, John, Frank, and Shannon. I think and you guys were there. I think somebody sent me a text. One of you is either yourself or Frank or somebody something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like, hey, we're hanging up. Yeah, what are you and, doing? Nothing. And my old landlord, and we're sitting there, and and we're talking. And um, my landlord had um, surprised me with um, opening night tickets to The Force Awakens. Like they were doing that whole like mm-hmm. 10 p.m. viewing the day yeah, before yeah. it opens. Yeah, yeah. So she 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 bought me tickets for it, which I was very grateful for. Um, she did have her good points and, um, that was one of them, not many more, but, um, and, and so we went and we sat there and we're talking and the force awakening comes up and da da da. And Frank goes, yeah, man, I can't believe they killed Han Solo. And I look at Frank, I'm like, dude, he hasn't seen it. Why the fuck would you say that? And then Frank goes, yeah, I haven't seen it either. I'm like, fuck you. So. <laughs> Indirectly, I ruined I The Force down. Awakens for John because <laughs> awesome. someone else who was just being an asshole as like, oh yeah, they killed Han Solo. He didn't even fucking see the movie. Fucking ruined it. And, and John's like, fuck, I, you, yeah. really? I fucking wanted to see that. God damn it. And I'm like, funny. oh, Jesus Christ. But seriously, you posted about it the next day and I got like fucking messages it's, from tons of people like, why would down. you do that? That's how it went down. <laughs> Uh, no, a, don't gaslight me. That's how it went down. I think it's a little revisionist history. Is this, oh, a, is this a revisionist history I podcast? I did not know. No, no, dude, that's it's how it went down. Podcast, a uh, music podcast, and revisionist history. <laughs> oh man, no man. That, well, well, what is your version of it? Uh, that, I don't know. You just blabbed it. I did not <laughs> just blab it, man. I would not I have remember. just blabbed that, man, because it was amazing. Like I remember that happened. I got all teary eyed. I'm like, oh my god, they killed us all, Jesus Christ. So. <laughs> But at any rate, so Adam, we know that you love the album, right? Is that the overall? I mean, you've, this has been the, I am very sorry. This is, this is almost like the high fidelity episode where like me and John are talking and like you. No, no, no. no, Cause like I, I'm, I'm, I'm the type of person where if I don't know something, I'm going to find someone who does know it Uh and I'm going to steal their secrets. And this guy fucking knows a ton, right? And I'm, um, so I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm, um, I'm on board with listening to just stories of shit that I don't know. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm, yes, it's like the High Fidelity podcast where I haven't said a lot. <laughs> but Jack, just so you know, Jack Black was in High yeah, Fidelity. Jack Black was in High Fidelity. Yes. Don't forget that. Zach, Jack Black was in High um, Fidelity. But it's, it's, it's been enjoyable. It's been, it, it, it's also like, not just. I kind not, of feel like we didn't talk about the album enough. Not just, <laughs> yeah, not just in, in, in your guys' exchanges, but like. Anytime um, when um, Frank and Bob and um, and Nick have been on the podcast, um, it's 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 just interesting to hear stories about 
shit that's happened in your past that like I don't know. No. It, it just kind of adds to the thing. So it's yeah. it's it's been it's it's enjoyable. Nice, nice. Yeah. So we know you love the podcast. Love it. The podcast, not the, the podcast. The, the album. album. We I, love the I'm, album. I'm I'm still on the fence. You're still about on the, the fence about the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, John, how do you feel about the podcast and the album? I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed being on the podcast. Yes, yes. Uh, I, lo- I love the album. Like I said, I mean, it's, it's an album that 35 years after it's been released. It's I still listen to and just go like, and I still get the same feeling. Like there's, there's, I'm like, I just, I, I just have the track listing open here in front of me and and I'm going like the songs the songs like we haven't spoken of like the Broad Majestic Shannon like mm-hmm. an incredible love song a beautiful Thousands Are Sailing like it's one of my favourite songs to play and yes. again incredibly intricate like that song when you get to that that instrumental where it just it just takes a, it takes that, so many so, turns you know so that like, like alright this may and, be and, and again, like looking at looking at the whole like side one of that album like it's, it's just it's another amazing character mm-hmm. study of like of, of like a, an immigrant and then the ghost of an immigrant from you know 150 years previous, no. um, and, and sort of comparing the Irish who were coming to America because of the like I've mentioned earlier, like the 25, 30 percent unemployment in yep. the 80s and in Ireland, and the people who came over desperate and starving in, in the in the 1840s, like it's like and and tying those two worlds together in, like I mean it's it was amazing what he did in what what they could do as writers in, in those four minutes that the, the characters that like the character that Shane McGowan creates in Bottle of Smoke. Mm-hmm is so crystal clear and it's so and it's so well presented so well recorded the musicianship was amazing they didn't leave anything like they, they they looked at every corner of each song and went like how can this be better like mm-hmm. t- like the, the, and and then you've got Steve Lillywhite making every instrument sound crystal clear like mm-hmm. it's it still like it's it it sounds like like it's it's so timeless it doesn't sound like an like an 80s record it doesn't sound like anything that yes. probably came out on a on a on a mainstream uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, record label at that time you know like it's 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 re- it really does just stand um, like I said I go back and forth about whether this or, or rum sodomy are my favorite uh, <laughs> whether this or rum sodomy are my favorite Pogues records um, it, but it's you know I'm, I'm like looking at the track listing like it, it's it's incredible like it's it's all so so let me ask you this so so obviously if no one's noticed John has a bit of an accent um, as far as Dubliners you go, don't you don't no. say. As far as Dubliners go and um, Irish people in general, you're, and I want to. I only want to say this because I'm assuming you have been in this country for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, specifically in Philadelphia. So um, I I can over overall understand people with Irish accents, but if they've been not in this country for very long. I have a little bit of trouble, specifically Belfast and Dublin, more so Belfast than Dublin of understanding. I think the, I feel accents. like the Dublin accent is a little easier. To it is a little easier, it's kind of flat. But, you but know, still, kind of. if you have someone who who is just from Dublin coming over here, if you know, because ultimately the Irish talk fast, which is a beautiful thing. Um, I do, I do have trouble understanding them. I have to, it takes me a little while to adjust. You, I've never had that issue. So, and it goes back to thousands of sailing. When did you come to America? To when, live. I, when I came to stay was was like the mid nineties. The mid nineties. Yeah. Okay, so with that in mind, and and what we were talking about with the the employment issues in in Dublin and whatnot. So you've been here for thirty some odd years. 
Uh, as almost, as, almost, as in almost, living in almost America. Almost yeah, yeah. Okay. Jesus, that's fucking crazy. I know, I right? It is. It is. <laughs> so how does a song like Thousands Are Sailing, how does that hit you? Because I know how it hits me, but how does that hit you? Oh, because cause you, you wear that, you know? Like, you wear that personally. Like, I mean, like... There's... <sighs> Cause okay, I, I did so, like so I, like me, like me, I didn't come here out of desperation. Right. There was no there was no. I mean, it was a little bit of like I need to get I need to get the fuck out of here. You know. Sometimes I mean, it was, it was yes. part of it was like you know I was making I think I graduated from college in Ireland. I was making hardly any money. I was I was not making nearly enough money to like move out of my parents' house. Uh-huh. I'd done a couple of summers in America. In my head, I was like, actually. In my head, I was like, I can scoot over Running again. rides in Wildwood. This guy ran right. fucking rides. Right. You, you rode a go-kart track in the mid-90s and were kicked off. probably by me. But, but uh, uh, no, like, like I've always struggled with it. You know, I, I still... I still struggle with it. You know, like, right. it's, there's, still, there's still big parts of me that... Every, every time I go do an Ireland tour with the band, I come back here and kind of go, oh, oh fuck me. You really didn't do that well no first beer no <laughs> give him something to poke that with help me out man help me out what the fuck but it's it's so, just it's an, it's an incredible song it's incredibly it's an incredibly well written song yes will you sit down and play have you played Thousands of Sailing I, I have and, a, and Birmingham it's, it's 6 got a, it's got a lot going on in yes, there yes you know? like it does it, Birmingham 6 has not done it enough we did practice it a few times Never really so so Birmingham you get that, six, that instrumental like that's oh, the whole, it's amazing I mean, it's great well we have we have Joe we have Joe Arnold who can pull off that yeah, instrumental yeah, yeah. perfectly the problem is not the instrumental the problem is everything else that goes the backing of the instrumental so Birmingham six our general uh, uh, theme at this point is eh you know <laughs> what I mean so you know that's one of those songs that we we did and and we haven't practiced since pre pandemic right you know what I mean so. Um, that, well, that, but even like you know, I mean, even it, getting away from that, like yes. I mean, you you can sit back and like look at, again, just like that's 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 what I was thinking of, like with side one of this record is just amazing character. Yes. Like you, at the end of those four minutes or however long the song is, like you you know those characters, mm-hmm. like you know those two characters in Fairy Tale New York, like like you know, so well, and you know the you know the 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 the, the guy who's who's like. Who claims he's 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 won a bunch of money and yes. claims he's never going to gamble again? Yeah, of course he's going to gamble again. You know? gamble. But like yes. and you know what I mean? Like it, there's no doubt, and it's it's but it's 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 a uh, it's amazing. So like I I always feel and and I try and maybe this is because because of my back my 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 acting background when you know when I wanted to be an actor and you know I was a theater major in college like I always I always kind of look at myself as a bit of an empath like I always look at things like okay how would this person feel about this situation or these these types of things and and it, and it is kind of like you know kind of how i've how i've lived my life and and definitely that song thousands are sailing is one of those things where like i look at that and like i'm not an immigrant i don't fucking know you know what i mean mm-hmm. like like yes okay so so part of my family came from germany part of my family came from scotland i don't even know the part of my family that came from germany i know the part that came from scotland but ultimately like i don't know that i don't know what that was like you know what i mean like 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 my my one great aunt went through ellis island 
but doesn't remember it because she was a fucking baby. Right. But, 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 you, but you know what? You listen to a line that goes like, when I got back to my empty room, I suppose exactly. I must have cried. And you exactly. Can, and you can put yourself there. Exactly. You know, like you Whether you're an immigrant or, or no matter what, like every one of us has like been through a phase in our life where we just went like, we sat back and we're all of a sudden we're, we're just, we're lost. Yes. You know, like every yes. one of us has been lost. And, 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 and that's, that's what, the, that's what the song, and e- and even the song then. does. Like the song yeah. like takes, takes, you know, a lost soul and, and gives that lost soul and, a voice. And you look at and like, it, and it's not, amazing, you know, not to like fucking diminish it, but like you look at the animated film, you know, um, fucking what's that fucking mouse fucking uh, film? Five will goes west. Five. No, before five. Will Ratatouille. Goes west. No, not that fucking one. The fucking before. It's five old, but what? what's it called? Rescuers Down Under. No, it's... Fuck. <laughs> At any rate, they Water do the song down. about there's no cats in America. You know what I mean? And the streets are paved with cheese and shit like that. And that's like... That's almost like what fucking... Um, what the fuck is the name of that song? I have it on VHS upstairs. But anyway... But that, that is what that song is. It's like, dude, you had this idea of this is what America is. This is what you're coming mm. to. And you're coming to this great shit. And then you get there and the streets aren't paved with gold. No. And you can't find a fucking job. And you're fucking, you know, looked at as you're Irish. So go fuck off because there's a million of you. No mm. Irish need to apply, which we've gotten we, into I before. We've talked about before. No, Do you know? No and, and that's that's that song and 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 it's even in the modern sense because it's not it doesn't about, even doesn't you know even I mean? get into that i mean it, but yeah. it just gets into the 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 desperation the, like the loneliness the, 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 the longing you know to, like to speak the, the desperation like, one of my favorite lines in that song is where your dollars from the white house were they from the five and dollars? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like it's it's an american tale that's the fucking movie an american, american tale. fucking tale <laughs> but that, that whole that whole song is and um, we'll talk about. I don't want to. We'll get. get we'll get. Okay. okay. Right. So, like I was saying, Adam, we know you love this album. Love it. I love it. John yeah, loves this album. Love I it. love this album. Adam, do you want to go into your spiel about my nine, almost nine-month-old daughter? Um. Yeah. I mean, sure. You know, Paul showed me this album. I'm sure Paul didn't show you this album. We all love this album. But John, who gives a shit? You know, because there's a nine-month-old child upstairs, a beautiful little angel. Upstairs. Who you met? Who you mm-hmm. met? She's got beautiful eyes, right? She does. She does. And What's, uh, <laughs> they're still blue. They're still blue. And uh, once her, we get past the nine-month mark, I'm just dying. I'm just dying to see where this is going. Uh, her, <laughs> her, that 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 beautiful little angel upstairs. Her opinion matters so much more than ours. So, Paul. What's the Regina factor on this album? The Regina factor is this. So just know that I'm going to disown your daughter. So this, the, hang on a second. This is the same daughter that was like engrossed in hairspray. Yes. yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Thank, thank you. So so listen. So here's the thing. So Adam and I talk about this, right? We talk about how this this child, this beautiful, loving daughter of mine, knows music yeah. and she knows what she likes. You saw how engrossed she was mm-hmm. yeah, in yeah. hairspray. Like, so, yeah. And so I this, thought Paul was bullshitting until you played something. I can't remember what it was. It was very early yes. on in the run of the yes. podcast. You played something and she lost her shit. And I was yes. like, oh, he's not fucking around yeah. when he says she likes stuff. This is a third party expert coming in and seeing that, like, when we ate dinner tonight, which I made you a nice dinner, didn't it was I? Delicious. It was very good. It was delicious. fucking sweet potatoes. Were, yeah, they were on yeah, I don't, have, I don't eat sweet potatoes enough, those, and I fucking love them. Those mushrooms are on point, too. There is so much you can do with sweet potatoes, and mushrooms are fucking yeah. amazing. 
Um, but at any rate, so so when we were eating dinner, for the good majority of that, now, when she did start acting up, like, towards the end of dinner, well, she had a diaper full of shit, literally. Yeah. Like, she was a, well, she was in a cage. It was a dirty protest. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. She so was swinging it but around. Like, but, like, John, John can attest shit on here. the edge of the cage. <laughs> <laughs> So she was on the blanket. Fucking Brits. Yes. <laughs> but um, John can attest to the fact that this girl, when she likes something, she's into it, right? So this isn't just me and Adam talking about, you know, Adam's beautiful niece and my beautiful daughter. John now, who is a third-party expert, can say, oh, no, I saw this child way into music and mm -hmm. musical theater and stuff like that so she knows her shit and she knows what she likes so this initially almost went down as an indifferent reason being is that um number one because we went on our camping trip i did play it once before for her mm -hmm. and i thought she was enjoying it like when i went to the liquor store and i was called a fucking grandpa fuck you motherfucking liquor store person um <laughs> When we went to the liquor store, thank I you was, for the liquor. Yes, I was I was playing it in the car, um, but she fell asleep pretty quickly, which isn't necessarily yeah. indicative of liking or disliking, right? She was I I feel as if she was leaning towards liking because she you know she didn't fall asleep until Fairy Tale New York, yeah, um, which is pretty good for her. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't get a chance to play it for her again. So I was looking at it as indifferent overall until this afternoon katie was getting a shower i was kind of getting dinner together so i'm like you know what let me pay, play my vinyl version of it for her. let's see if we can get a real good idea so i put her in a little bounce chair tv wasn't on she had some toys like whatever and i put it on and again sort of indifferent until until the song Streets of Sorrow, Birmingham 6 came on. And this this is where you know whether or not Regina likes an album. Streets of Sorrow, Birmingham 6 came on. She started singing. No. Right away? Really? Bang. That, that's the point. When, when Regina is singing a song on the album, I mean, of course, she can't talk. She did say Daddy the other day, which yeah. is pretty nice. fucking awesome. Very awesome. excited about that. She's, she's said it twice since the first time, but... You know, she'll match tones. Babies can match tones to music. Yeah. She was matching the tones of the song. She was playing with her little bunny. And she was singing along with the song. So right there, because of that, there is the Regina factor. She likes the album. So that brings Adam to seven likes and one dislike. Me to six likes and two dislikes. And five indifferent albums. Uh, so that is the Regina factor on this almost an indifferent but i'm glad we got that last minute yeah. to uh to be able to play the album for her so she definitely likes it um so adam top three songs can i look you at can the track listing as we are yeah. on i actually have it in front of me here because if i'm not mistaken almost three hours i heard you <laughs> say so like i said i listened to this album on itunes mm -hmm. which was the expanded version of it yes and then I looked up the track listing on Wikipedia, which is the CD version of it. Yes. Not this. Yes. My favorite Pogue song. On this album. On the on this album is not on this version. <laughs> it's on the CD version. Okay. So I'll tell you what, we'll count it. We'll count it? We'll count it. South Australia. Okay. Fair enough. Really? 
I love South Australia. I love South Australia. Every time I've ever seen Paul, do you like play... the Birmingham Six version of I was South say, Australia better? Every time I hear <laughs> Paul play with Birmingham Six, I if I'm not there from the get go and I come in late, I say, "Have you played South Australia?" Uh-huh. If he says no, I say, "Can you play it for me?" So that that is it's funny because we talked about that. We yeah, mentioned yeah, Body yeah. America. That's you know I'm sure you do the same thing. Now Birmingham Six does not work off as a set list, generally speaking. If we're playing festival shows, we'll work. If like right. they're like you have forty minutes, we'll work off a set list. Anything more than forty minutes, we don't work off of a set right. list. But, but that being said, we have a closing set, which is usually move on, body American, South Australia, ball and chain. So so we do we do quite often do yeah. do South Australia now. But that's like like and it's funny because I don't think. It's funny, like the disconnect. I'm sure you have this too. The disconnect between yourself and the rest of the band. In my mind, that's always our closing set. Move on. Body American, South Australia, Ball and Chain. My band doesn't quite get that, so I always have to go over with them again. This, <laughs> this is the last us, but usually if I look, we have 15, 15, 20 minutes left. I'll be like, this is what we're doing. You know what I mean? So, but anyway, go on. So South Australia. So no, I. So I will just say, which we will count uh, for if we're going to count it, South Australia. I can give you another top three. No, 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 no. We get, we'll count South Australia okay. because honestly, I, uh, until this day, I actually, even though I own the vinyl version, I didn't realize South Australia wasn't on it. Okay. So, because I had the CD version growing up. So, um, number two, we've talked about it a lot. I've heard specifically, you mentioned it quite a few times. Uh, the broad majestic Shannon. Nice, oh. beautiful song. Fucking stunning. Take my beautiful hand song. and wipe your tears, babe. Yeah. Is fucking mm-hmm. beautiful. Yep. Um, another another Birmingham six cover. Yeah. On on Ke- the Kessel Run, the 2010 yeah. album that is available oh, oh, on iTunes cause, cause and all, Spotify. All three of my top three are songs that Birmingham six covers. Um. Uh, and then I'm gonna for for number three, I'm going to go Street to Sorrow slash Birmingham yes. six off of the ni- 2008. Birmingham Six album, and Iron Rations. If I if, if I could give a an honorable mention, that's uh-huh. just knocking on the window to come in. Lullaby of London. Okay, that's very cool. nice. Very I nice. Fucking love. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. May you all sleep tight down hell tonight, mm-hmm. or wherever you may be. Yes. Beautiful. So that, so that yeah. song. I'll, I'll get into it. Anyway, go on, go on, John. Your top three. I don't know, man. I've changed my mind like ten times. <laughs> um, it's fucking rough with this album. It is. I think, I think. Turkish song, The Damned. Oh, it's a great song. Thousands are sailing. Thousands are sailing is like right behind yes. Lullaby of London. Lullaby of London, man. Oh, that line. Yeah. Will they all sleep tight down in hell tonight, or wherever they wherever may be. They keep. Um, that's a rough one. I mean, far from the, the title track is amazing. Yep, it is. Fairytale New York. Mm-hmm. I mean, as, as much as you kind of like get are over it uh-huh. de- depending on the time of year yes, <laughs> you know, yes. This, this like I've recorded that like I've recorded that song properly like I recorded it for a, for a, an XPN right. thing okay so I'm gonna and, throw uh, this out you and I should do a version of Lullaby London yeah it's a we great song it. we should do it this, this I've album, been talking about collaborating yeah yeah we should do this this album was I think was, was particularly difficult do, John you have kids no oh yeah this album, trying to make my top three for this album, 
was like trying to rank my favorite my, my yeah, 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 it's, yeah, it's yeah. fucking hard. It's really fucking hard. It's like when people ask you, well, like, you come to the merch table and ask you what your favorite album, what, yeah. what, which which album do you like the best? And like, yeah. I love them all, you know. Yeah. But I don't know Turkish thousands. Come on, but I I I love the medley too. Uh, yeah. the battle march medley. Yeah, yeah, so it is good. Um, like I, like I said, I love I love all of it. And I don't even mind the instrument. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna go. I'm gonna steal one of yours. I'm, I'm actually gonna go with Streets of Sorrow. Okay, yeah. nice, well. nice. So, so here's what I say. So, I'll, I'll start with this. There are at least three of these songs that are honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like that, that's the thing. So, I have my top three that I know are my definitive top three. Then I have at least three songs yeah. that are honorable mentions. Which means that this is a 13-track album, not including the bonus stuff. This is a 13-track album. So we're not counting Worms, so it's a 12-track album. Yeah. This is... 50% of this album are my top three songs. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, that, you could that's ask what me, makes this... You could ask me tomorrow and I could give you It, it could change again. Yes, exactly. Songs. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like, honestly, it was more difficult for me yeah. to come up with my least favorite than it was my top three. But my top three are, number one, Thousands or Sailings. Mm. Um, just fucking all around amazing mm-hmm. song. All the different parts to it. The lyrics, yeah. the yeah. meaning of the lyrics, everything that comes from top top song thousands or the seven. one thing that always steps that always stands out to me in that song is uh and we raise a glass to jfk yep and um, a dozen more besides and a dozen more besides it's the one like that's like when i got back to my empty room i suppose when i couldn't when i first started listening to this album and i couldn't remember the name of the song I remember that fucking lyric uh-huh. to Google the lyric to yep. figure out what the name of the song yep. was. The other thing I like I mean, about... I mean, you, like, I mean, I know, like, you understand, like, why. Like, I mean, it was like the this yeah. Irish mm-hmm. Catholic, this this sort of no. fella who's... I mean, obviously, yeah, his, his dad made his money and... Yeah, what always... But, like, but it was kind of like that. It, it, he, we, we took ownership of JFK as well. What, so... What always interested me was I asked, it, I asked our, our other brother, Zach, the one time, um, my ex-wife... Her family is very Italian, Ugh. and in the basement <laughs> of her uh, of her family home is a almost it, it looked like a like an almost like an oil painting of JFK. Yeah. yeah. So I get why the Irish were. On, well, Frank so Sinatra got him elected with the mob, and, and that's why I said I said to our brother, I was like, I was like, I get the Irish, but what the fuck's up with Italians and JFK? <laughs> Catholic. It was a Catholic thing. <laughs> Catholic. So, so here's here's what I'll say too about like um, thousands are sailing. One of the things I like about that song, it's the same thing I like about um, Luminaires Ho Hey, right? They mentioned, and I talked about this with the Wonder Years. They mentioned specific spots, so yeah. sp- specific landmarks you can go to. It's- so genuine and it's genuine and that's one of the things i love about thousands of sailings like i remember the one time like listening to you know ho hey um uh fuck what's the lyric about um meet me on canal and bowery i'll be standing on canal and bowery right and i didn't realize that was a real place until i fucking was in brooklyn and i made a right turn to park a car because this was when i was working in the movie industry because we were visiting our offices in brooklyn and i looked to my left and there's the fucking intersection of Canal and Bowery. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck. That's real. 
this guy in this song, which is an amazing song, was what was writing about a real person at a real intersection in fucking Brooklyn. And this song, Thousands Are Sailing, writes about real fucking places and real fucking people. Mm. And that's that's my connection. That's my ultimate connection to this song, which is why Thousands Are Sailing is my number one. No. My number two, we've talked it about a bunch of times. I'm actually kind of surprised neither one of you mentioned it. Yeah. Bottle yeah. of Smoke. Yeah. It's I great. fucking love that song. Yeah. I fucking just, just, there's something about that song. To go from Fall for Grace of God to Bottle of Smoke, it's like, oh my God, this is fucking yeah. amazing. Number three, honestly, and this is a song that I mentioned. I would, I would talk. I would, I would mention it. Low by London. Yeah. This, this song actually reminds me of my grandmother Kitty, mm. um, and especially yeah, Kitty, Kitty, bring it up, for Kitty. Kitty, and especially when my grandfather passed away. This song made me uh, think of think of Kitty there. But like I said, there are at least three songs on this album. At least three. There would be honorable mentions to my top three. So it's like it's like fifty percent of the album just off the bat is is our top songs there. So with that being said, and as hard as it is to do, and not including worms, Adam, least favorite song. So on my little post-it note that I have right here. Um All right, Adam, keep talking. Talk for a minute. Right. On my post-it note right here, I have worms. <laughs> But I know Worms was not big. I, 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 I wrote it down and I wrote something else because I knew it wouldn't be an acceptable answer. Um, I went with uh, Sit Down by the Fire. So that's instrumental. No. no. Well, I mean, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Sorry. And I, we, we've talked, me and Paul have talked about this a bunch of times when we've covered albums in the past. It's not that it's a bad song. You get a you get a, a thing of grapes. One of those grapes is going to be shitty, but the rest of those grapes are going to be great. So it's it if it was on it's the shittiest album on this song, but if it was on another album, it would be the best song on that album. Exactly. Yes. It's it's not that it's a bad song. It's just that to me, everything else, with the exception of Worms, is. Is it's it's just better, um, and I, I I had to really really, like I said, I was listening to the wrong version of this album. Right, right. So, I had to really like I was looking over the the, and then I realized when I was looking over the Wikipedia track listing that that's the CD. Sorry about track that. listing. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I, I think your mic went a little bad there for a minute. That's okay. <laughs> I had to really, really go over and over and over the track list to find like, at, at if you have a group of something, one of them has to be the weakest. Mm-hmm. I we me and me and our brother Zach talked about it with Game of Thrones. It's revered as one of the greatest shows of mm-hmm. in, in television history, but by default, one of those episodes has to be the shittiest. I'm gonna go sit down by the fire. Okay, so. Real quick, before you give your your lease, can we just talk about and and we generally say fuck off to um to instrumentals? Can we just mention how actually excellent and oh. how oh, encompassing no. the instrumentals Metropolis the, is? The instrumentals on this album come nowhere near the bottom Ma- of Ma- the list. Metropolis is one of those songs that, like, even though it's a it's a total instrumental, that proves to me how great this album. is and 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 how groundbreaking it is 
that also it, like how they were how they were like expanding as musicians exactly I mean, exactly it was, ama- it was amazing exactly like, I mean, because and I think I think it's you know peace and love gets kind of like knocked around a bit but I love that yes. record but yes but holy shit the musicianship on that record the musicianship is, is on stunning. Metropolis too like yeah. and again musicianship like, on this, this album and then yes I, I, I do believe musically even though songwriting wise peace and love is a dip but it, it's a musician it, yes. musicianship yes. on it. Yes, you, you have an album that, that, like, you have a song, Metropolis, that incorporates traditional Irish music mm. with jazz mm-hmm. and rock and puts it all together as a fucking instrumental, not even as, like, a fucking, you know, like, song that, like, happens to, you know, and has lyrics to it. it it's... I, I am so glad that you haven't mentioned Metropolis and I'm assuming you're not going to. I'm no, not. Well, I kind of felt like it was it was maybe a cheat. <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a lyric guy, you know. I will mention uh, Metropolis. Do you know like Metropolis? When I hear Metropolis, do you know what it makes me think of? What? Spy movies. Oh, yeah. I can yeah, see yeah. that. Yeah. Just, like a, Yes, yes. It's very... You can see that as like... It's definitely a nod to like the James Bond. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So, John, least favorite song? I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Fiesta oh I love Fiesta I'm going to put Fiesta yes at the bottom as, as number 12 of 12 oh, amazing oh, songs oh, guys guys just so you know and I know that we we're, we're usually this is probably this may end up being our longest podcast ever. But edit, edit this down, Jack. But no, no, it's not getting edited <laughs> down. He doesn't edit much. He really doesn't. So I just got a a message from my beautiful wife, Katie, not Katai. That's your your yeah. your girlfriend. Um, shh, baby, sleeping. So so <laughs> we have to wrap it up. We have to bring it down a little bit. No, no, we have like another segment after this. We just can't yell too much, which really? is probably my fault. I, 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 I gotta go home. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta drive an hour and twenty minutes. I know, right? So so you're going with? I'm sorry. Well, I think I'm gonna go Fiesta. Fiesta, okay. I mean, it's between. Just, just the. It's hard. Honestly, just the opening line. I, and just I, the opening I, lyric of of Fiesta gets yeah. me. And I, and I, I no, I love it, and 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 it's a. Uh, I played it. We played it a bunch. Yes. When we had our horn section, we played. Which it. is funny because when we and, when, I, and I love playing it, but I, we, I, I can't. Uh, I don't know. When we drew it, and uh, Paul pulled the album out of his as pile. It it intri- it really really intrigued me that the sticker on the cellophane includes fiesta like i didn't it was realize. it was it was, it was the a third, single yeah. it was the third I did not, single yeah the album. i did not realize that like fiesta like they actually like, made a video for it and all it was like, probably in, on 120 video, minutes video nothing else hilarious. on mtv video but after, yes. in my head fiesta uh, maybe would i gotta be, change my mind like, wouldn't it be one of the songs i would make a single on this right. album so so before you change your mind i'm gonna go on to my top all right, so yours. all right your bottom this my bottom so this was the hard thing so the first thing i wrote was fiesta Okay, because for whatever really? reason, when this song came out, or when I heard the sound, I just, I just didn't like Fiesta. However, I wrote maybe "Sit Down by the Fire," but really "Worms," but we're not actually counting that as yeah. a song. But and 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 that was the thing. So I've always actually had it in my mind that I didn't like Fiesta, but over this week, 
listening it's to great. this album and i think that goes with like sometimes like your taste change mm-hmm. as like things mm-hmm. go on like what do they say your taste buds change every seven years or some mm-hmm. shit like that um you know i think this this past week listening to this album fiesta is not my least favorite song and and so what do what do we list like what do we generally go by and 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 i actually ventured back to you is what do you usually go by as your as your least favorite song you go by as the least memorable song on the album mm-hmm. not necessarily the, mm-hmm. the the worst song on the album the least when you, memorable the one you might skip yeah. exactly the one you might kind of so, go mm. so that's why i kind of go by sit down by the fire but i don't even know like that is the hardest part about this album because like easily you know i name i named my top three thousands are sailing bottle of smoke low by london not a doubt so my three honorable mention are easily Fall from Grace, Turkish Song of the Dam, Birmingham Six, Streets of Sorrow, Birmingham Six. So that's like, that's six songs there. And I even go further, like, man, I fucking love Broad Majestic Shannon. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking beautiful song. Yeah. And like, you know, and then, and then even Fairy Tale New York is a beautiful song. And Metropolis, for the reasons I talked about it, like it, it, it incorporates, even though it's an instrumental, it incorporates so much into to these things and then fiesta because how how do i sit there and say that metropolis incorporates jazz and rock and folk and incorporates into that song and then turn around and say but fiesta is a shit song i, I can't i can't i, I can't yeah. do that so that's to, that's why it's not, so hard say yeah, to, so let's, to go back to what we were talking about earlier i think you could argue fiesta is the most punk rock song on this album attitude wide absolutely because absolutely what the fuck absolutely like, yeah what the fuck is that so so that exactly that's, that's so you know think, so so i probably if i had to sit on one it's probably sit down by the fire but i don't even dislike sit down by the yeah, fire yeah, yeah. And I say, I, so that's so I, i'm gonna go in well. I'm, I'm gonna go into the extended tracks and probably say the battle march because it's another instrumental that i don't yeah, really see, care I, that I, wasn't much about. I would i would do yes if it, you go into the extended ones i'm doing south australia Really? As your bottom? Yeah, because it's... I okay. fucking love Solo. Yeah, but, it, but it's like... Yeah, it's, I'm fine. I got you. It's, a, it's an easy... It's an easy. I'm okay with so it. Like, it's okay. Like, right, it's, right. it's, you know... But hey, that's fair. That but I think... It's, it's something I found very interesting, because when I was unintentionally listening to the expanded version of it, there's multiple instrumentals. And we've talked about it on mm-hmm. on past episodes well, where the, we've always the pet sounds, yeah, you know, as two instrumentals, kind of defaulted yes. as our, our the our the, the random record with the Carpenters. They had the instrumental, but like, fuck that I shit. I wouldn't yes. like the the instrumentals on this are they fucking grab you, yes, and they keep you involved and they keep you interested. I I will so, tell you that this is the hardest album I've personally had. With finding a least favorite, yeah, and I think that's when, what I when, said earlier. Uh, when, but when, when we're the with the extended one, so with the extended far. one, I doubt South Australia would actually be okay. Only, be, only again, not that there's anything wrong with South Australia. It's just I've, I've heard it done. Like it's, it's you know. All it's, right. So, so let me say this. Kind of like their version of the Irish. So let me say this. Or, you know, which is if, if that was on there, I'd go like, okay, that's the bottom because it's been done. You yes. know. If if now let's turn this around, and I'm going to say we're going to include Worms as a real song. Where does that go? Oh, worms. worms. Yes. Is it the bottom? Yeah, bottom. All right. You so could, you could cut yes. this album right after the Broad Majestic. All right, Shannon. cool. I mean, cool. Worm, and worms perfectly. is funny, you know, like but it is. Know. I had a fucking board game when I was a kid that that was the fucking lyrics to uh, the commercial. So so let's 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 just all settle this that there are no bad songs 
upon if I should fall from grace of God, with the exception of worms. Of worms. Yes. And worms is also great. It is great. <laughs> and that's, and that's the thing. Are you going to drink that beer? No, I'm not. All right, give me I'm that fucking beer. It is. It, it's. I'll, t- I'll take another one of these. This, there should be another one in there, which I probably should have drank one because of my diabetes. But go. alcohol generally lowers my but, sugar count. But. I would say this is this is by far the the most difficult album we've yes. covered. There's in in everything that we've done. Still good. There's always been a. Look at those fucking numbers. There's always been a. This is the obvious. This is the yes. obvious. Yep. Top. This, this is this is not. Yes. This which, is really fucking hard. As I think, as an overall album, which I think also says a lot that I'm saying the most difficult album for me has been an album that wasn't on my 25. I can see that. Yeah. Because I can take any of those albums and say top three, bottom one. No, yeah, no, without yeah, a doubt. No, this, this, this is definitely, this is, yeah, no, I, I get that. And I mean, there's even other songs, there's a, the, even other albums on my top 25, which I know that. These are yours here. These yes. are mine here. These are the ones we did. Right. Uh, these are the ones we have yet to do. There's, there are songs on these albums that like, I'm looking on my 25 where I like, I'm like, no, I can pick my, I can pick my top, my, my least one very easily off hmm. of that. Um, and there are other ones where I'm like, mm, no, like, you know what I mean? But this, this one, yeah, this was absolutely difficult. If, if we were including worms, just because, I mean, I get it. It, yeah. it's, it's what, like a minute. Yeah. And it's like the worms it's, it's, go in, the worms yeah. go out. And it, and it is, it's, and it's it almost, is, it's almost like the credits. Yes. You know, it's almost yes. like this. Yes. And it is comical and, yeah. and it's fine, but. You know, I just, I just didn't want, I didn't, I didn't want any of us to take the easy way out and say that. Yeah. Same, same as like it would have been easy with brand new. As much as I don't like that album, brand new, uh, what's it called? Into Deja Into or Deja whatever. Deja Nintendo. I, I, I didn't like the album, but it would have been so easy mm-hmm. for me to just say. It's the intro. That's my. That's yeah. like whatever that first fucking song is. Tattoo that's my. Yes, I didn't want to do that. That's too easy. I I feel as if, even if I don't like the album, I owe it more. No. I owe more to the album and the artist who've done it to really focus on full fledged things than the, rather just some little fucking throwaway. Yeah. So the way in the way I've always looked at music, um, I actually just filled a thing out at work the other day where it was like. Um, your favorite just random topics Mm -hmm. and one of them is music and the way i've always looked at music is i may gravitate towards alternative emo Mm -hmm. music but at the end of the day it's very you're very hard pressed to find something in a song that i don't like right and i i it's it's rough, man. Yep, it's, it is rough. I, I, I was excited. I was so fucking excited when I saw this album on your list, and I was so fucking bummed when it got pulled last week because I was like, "Fuck, I'm gonna have to pick a, a, a bottom of this album." Yes, it's yes. Fucking hard. This, this, this might be like even, even. I'm trying to think of like the other albums that are on there. It was actually pretty easy to pick a bottom. This one was difficult. So, so yeah. that says a lot. I which near Joshua Tree uh, yeah. episode yet? Which which also makes me wonder, like, what was your bottom on the Joshua Tree? My bottom was uh, mother mothers of the the, the spirit. Yeah, I see the yeah. track listing. 
It's another so, tough one. So here's here's the thing: not not to, not to play yeah, revisionist yeah. history, and I know you wanted to be on this episode. That was the thing, guys. Oh, so, mine was One Tree Hill. Yeah, it's really? Always... Oh, okay. So so here's the thing, guys. So like like you know, obviously Adam knows his top twenty five. I know my top twenty five. I know I had certain people who I wanted to be guests on the podcast in general. So what I did was with those people is I sent them out the list of all 50 records. So certain people know all 50 mm -hmm. records that we're going to be talking about. Mm -hmm. John is one of those. And I said to those people, hey, pick the, pick the albums that you would like to possibly guest on. Um, so what happens is, this, which is why sometimes in the case of last week's episode where we ended up not having a guest, one of the, one of the beauties, I think it's a beauty of our website, is that what we're going to do in a few minutes with the box of Michael is we're going to pick out what next week's episode is. We don't have it planned. We don't okay, know what it yeah. is. So sometimes though, however, people have lives like, like I can say, for instance, there were many episodes over the past um, June, July and August, which Frank Daly from James oh, Rock, yeah. friend of the friend of the podcast said he wanted to be a, a, a guest on. However, I also knew from June, July, and August, mm -hmm. Frank Daly was playing every Monday night yeah, yeah. at a, at a show down in Wildwood. So I didn't even bother asking him because what's the point? I know yeah. you know what I mean. Ultimately, we have we all have to work, and ultimately, when music is your work, you got to work. Um, I did approach John last week about trying to be on the Joshua Tree episode, and we even tried switching it to Sunday because we usually record on Mondays. We tried to do it on a Sunday to, to try to fit that in. But unfortunately with the times and what John had with his schedule um, and then with my schedule, it didn't work out, which is why I'm actually so happy. This yeah. Oh man. No, today. I'm so, you know so what happy I mean? To make it up. Like not, not that, not that I, I wouldn't have appreciated you being on the, the Joshua tree episode. I actually think I appreciate more you being on the yeah, Pogues, I mean both. I mean, God. it's funny they're both from the same, yes. very similar time frame. When you when you're when yes. you're like in that sort of mid early mid teens, and you, mm -hmm. you're you're really just starting to form your own opinions. You know, you kind of go from like, oh, whatever, it's on the radio, and I like that one, and I like that one, and yes. you start to. I I will tell you, there is really another there is another episode of one of my picks that that you said that you wanted to be on that I am actually really, really, really fucking hoping that we can work out that okay. you're going to be. I'm not going to mention what it is, but I really hope because, because, because with me, the, the particular album that, that will come up is not an album that I think a lot of people would necessarily want to talk about. And so that interests me that you want to talk about it. Cause I'm like, Oh fuck. Okay. Maybe I'm not so alone in the world. So, yeah. Ooh, but Ooh, which now no, I gotta know. Oh no, I'll tell you later. I'll tell you later. <laughs> right. So speaking of not so alone in the world, we have the Pogues, if I should fall from grace with God here. And we do have a little contest going on between me and Adam. Not that anybody wins anything at the end except bragging rights, but we need to know I'm gonna make a trophy. We should make a trophy. You yeah. should fucking do that, you Mister Fucking Woodworker. Yeah. When when can we start working on the dry bar? That's actually my real question. Um. We need to we need to start working on that before the next booze and vinyl episode. Let's see what we pull. Okay. For next week. All right. All right. And then we'll um, go from there. Yeah. Okay. So we need to talk about the discogs value of this album here. 
Um, so what I have is not an original pressing by any fucking means whatsoever. What I actually have is the 2015 180 gram Rhino Records reissue. Now Rhino Records is a subsidiary of Warner Brothers Records. Mm-hmm. Um, this album, I believe. Oh wait, I just realized that's super fucking interesting. I'll get, pulled... I'll get there. I'll okay. get there. I'll get there. Okay. I'll get there. Okay. I'll get there. So, so, Rhino Records. Now, I believe I'm not a hundred percent. I'm not a hundred percent on this, and honestly, I didn't see anything. I believe this album was originally released on Island Records, which was also what a lot of the early U2 stuff was released mm. on. Um, basically, anything coming out of Ireland was, and correct me if I'm wrong. Anything that made it in the U.S. Okay. that was released out of Ireland was on Island Records. Yeah, there you go. yeah, <laughs> a, a lot of a lot I mean, of it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so definitely. so I believe involved. I believe even though you know whatever record label they were on, I believe this was released on Island Records. Rhino is a subsidiary of Warner Brothers, so technically it's an ADA release. We've gotten into that between distributors of. The major label and then its subsidiaries such as Warner Brothers is ADA, Sony has um Red, um Universal is just kind of universal. It's Universal Music Group. They they kind of do what they do. But at any rate, this was a I what I have is a 2015 180 gram Rhino Records release, which Rhino Records does a lot of good stuff. It does not contain the bonus tracks that were um, released on the CD, just like the original vinyl, which I actually find pretty cool. That even though this is a release almost 30 years yeah. after the fact, um, they revert it back to how the original vinyl was released. That might have been a cost factor because honestly, like with the 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 would have required a time track, it, would, it probably would have required a second disc. I would be interested to see, and I think this what album would warrant it because we've talked about this so so you have like um acoustic sounds puts out puts out the analog production stuff and then music direct puts out the mobile fidelity stuff we've we've mentioned that or i've mentioned it mm-hmm. where those like companies that are like these high fucking value pressings are these other fucking retailers they're all the same they're all the same company um i would be very interested to see an analog productions or a music fidelity or mobile fidelity um, pressing of this album, which would be probably a two LP 45 RPM release, but I don't know that 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 will ever happen. So, the inner sleeve, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. as you were like, Oh, I think that's interesting. So, the inner sleeve on this copy has what is the original album cover on the North American release mm-hmm. of this on the CD and the um cassette, which I had the CD. I never put those fucking two things together. This is the cover of the CD that I had. And like one, two, three, four people over is James Joyce. Everybody else in this is the Pogues, which is pretty fucking awesome. So presumably this cover is what the original LP and CD in everywhere except North America when it was released. This is what it looked like. Um, But it's cool. It's fucking cool. And you can feel this. Feel that. Like, you can feel it without even taking the record out. You can feel it's a heavier fucking record. So, very good plus MSRP. Now, if I were to sell my copy, which I'm not going to do, I would probably 
put it at ver- at near mint because mm-hmm. I've only played it a handful of times and it basically sounds fucking new. But we're not going by near mint. We're going by very good plus, which is generally where OtsvilleRecordGarage.com list its really good used records. Yeah. Is that very good plus? We very rarely will will list anything at near mint. Very good plus MSRP is thirty two eighty three, which brings it to thirty three dollars. So my running total comes up to four hundred thirty six dollars to Adam's running total. Now I have eleven albums now because I've had five in a row. Adam's running total at 10 albums is $522. So it still puts you at eight plus $86 because of fucking steel train. Now here's something I figured out earlier, and this is kind of a a funny thing. And I don't know why I figure out this shit. This is just what I do with my brain. So you're right now, as, as far as your average records, right? Your average price per record on your 10 records be $52.20, basically bringing it up to $53 per record. If you pulled, if you took that $53, even taking into consideration the value of the steel train, if you took that $53 value and put it into the steel train, I'm actually beating you. Because yeah. you would only be at three hundred ninety six dollars. So, you, however, you've said you've said multiple times in the past that you feel like you're going to beat me. No, 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 you're going to beat me. No, that's what I was saying. I'm sorry. You said multiple times that I'm going to beat yes. you. Yes, dollar wise. Yes, I have a feeling that you are going to like you're going to beat me, but not by much. No, no, you're going to beat me, but I'm probably going to because here's the thing. That one record, what I talked about, remember when we said, oh, you have this one record that's worth a stupid amount of money? Mm. We haven't hit yet. Oh, fuck. I forgot that's right. It wasn't still we, we haven't. It wasn't no, still right. train. Fucking, and we know. haven't hit it yet. <laughs> and I actually, I know, I I, I think, I, I don't totally remember. It wasn't seal train. No, I fucking know it wasn't seal train. So there's another album yeah. in there that you have that's worth fucking buku bucks. I know you're going to beat me. Yeah. Like, I know this, but I am going to make every excuse possible that why you're fucking beating me is because of it's a fucking shitty-ass fucking Steel Train, <laughs> which stole a bunch of 80 songs. Have you heard Steel Train? No. Oh. So, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say about this fucking Steel Train album. Number one, go listen to it. All right. Listen to it. Steel Train, Steel Train. They have, like, two albums before that. Don't fucking care. Listen to Steel Train, Steel Train. It's listenable. It really is. It really is. But I said, th- I said this in the yeah. thing. Like if you, if you, if we were, if we were hanging out and we were just shooting darts in the Oxville record garage, which we do have a dartboard here in the Oxville record garage. I, and you were like, I want to throw on seal train. I'd be like, fuck. All right, cool. Go ahead. Throw on seal train. Yeah. It's listenable. The problem is, is that on this it's 12 tracks, this 12 track record, I can go through every single track and tell you what song they ripped off. Yeah. To make their song. Yeah. It's a piece of fucking... But the album <laughs> itself is fucking beautiful. The right, album... Right, right. The, the actual vinyl pressing is fucking beautiful. I want to fucking frame it and never play it again. So fuck you, Steel Train. So, the question is now, Adam, will you beat my five records in a row? Said, or is... will I have the first double hat trick? Double hat trick. John, since you are our guest here, pick. you get this to pick from the box of money. How do you feel about Rush, just overall? Uh, nothing. 
Thank you. <laughs> so you don't have a favorite Rush album no. to put forward here? I don't. I don't. Uh, nah. That's, All right. So right. you don't have a, for, a favorite. Do that one. Do that. I say whenever we there's no favorite. This is we the just one go, I go Rush because oh, yeah. this is the box of Michael named after our brother Michael, who was a huge Rush fan, specifically oh, yeah. Neil Peart. Yeah, I mean, it's like one of those bands I can appreciate the musicianship. You can exactly, yeah. exactly. Oh, oh, Oops. all right. Number thirty-eight. Here we go. Number thirty-eight. So the question is here, with number thirty-eight. Double hat trick. Is this my Adam's, double hat trick, or Adam's does Adam get trick. back into the? Because at this point, like you said last week, I'm just showing up to drink, basically. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. This is this is pink. Which means it's you. Wait, no, it doesn't necessarily mean it's me. It's leaning towards me. Yeah, it doesn't mean it's me. But it's me. But it's, it's me. Wow. It's, I got six in a row. I got the double hat trick. This is an amazing album. I fucking love this album. I am going to put the Pogues. Oh, I wow. should fall from grace onto the side here. And I am going to pick out In Excess Kicks. Oh, you, fuck yeah. Uh, you grab that. Very, like you didn't even fucking look. Oh, I knew where it was. Yeah, knew exactly I knew this. Where that this was. is oh man. So we have six in a row for Paul the country hipster. Man, this was after your hat trick. I've hit six fucking in a row, dude. How does that happen? Wow. This must be a reissue, right? It is a reissue. Yeah. Um, I do. I do. Oh, I, yeah, I see it. Do have a reissue? It, I think it, was, it was not originally a double album. Was it? it was not. It was not. So this is this is actually. Here's what I will say is cool about this album, wow. is this is a oh fuck. There's a lot of big singles on this album. There are a lot of big singles. Okay, I got a couple people on this. Um, we'll see I, who is available. Can I be honest? Yes. This is one of your albums. When I looked at it, I was like, fucking, I don't want to. <laughs> Do you not want to because you've heard some songs on it that you don't like, or you don't want to because you don't know anything about? It? No, just, I just, I like when I think when I when I think in excess, I think generic eighties bullshit. That oh, I, that's absolutely that I, what this is, buddy. Is, exactly. This is what I this think is. Generic eighties bullshit. I think this. I, I think don't the, care about. I think the songwriting on 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 this album was there's some. Pretty solid song, right? Yeah. So here's there's what a, I there's a mullet. I'm staring at a mullet yeah. right now. A mullet holding a Telecaster. And there, and it was definitely like there's uh, definitely a Telecaster. Dude, like a, this has a fucking Vision Street wear fucking skateboard on the cover. Yeah, just, come on, yeah, the album cover alone oh, is man. fucking rough. Come on, and there's definitely man, a power ballad the, in there. Yeah, <laughs> you're, the gonna have to tele, through, you're gonna have to sit through a. Power I ballad. I will say okay. So I will throw this out. I know I don't try to talk about the um the next album too much the week before right mm. but i will say this is that it actually worked out fucking perfectly so at my wedding when me and katie got married last june not the not june of 2023 to june of 2022 um one of the cool things that at vivid alpha is that the the owner of the winery said listen i'm i i this is my gift to you we're going to do fireworks at your wedding. And I was like, oh my God, that's fucking amazing. So his then 13-year-old son was running through the fucking vines to set off fireworks, which is pretty fucking crazy because you see this kid like walking. But the song that was playing when the fireworks were going off was Never Tear Us Apart. Yeah. And which is on this album. I was drunk, so I don't I was drunk too. And even though, like, he, we didn't plan this, we didn't do anything like this, 
the fireworks that went off during this song, it actually he he somehow just by mistake just by mistake set it off in time set set it off all perfectly at the fireworks at our wedding so so that is that is one of the reasons why this holds a special place in my heart there have actually been a couple versions of this release every episode of the podcast should include john doing firework interpretive dances of i like it I dig it. I dig it. So that that is uh, that is one of the reasons why this album is on here because it worked perfectly. I get the six beat double fucking hat trick. I'm fucking beautiful. I love it. It is great. Um, Adam, do you have anything else to say about the Pogues? If I should fall from grace with God? No, just that if you haven't listened to it, go fucking listen to it. Um, because, yes. like I said, trying to. Trying to pick the the top three and the bottom on this song was like trying to pick which one of your kids is the favorite. Yes. And it's it's, it's really fucking hard. And this is a very, very fucking good album. Which we know in season one, it is Michael. Yes. John, do you have anything to add to Oh, I really don't. I mean, same same thing. If you haven't haven't delved in, then... uh, delve in it is it is I, I think if you if you put on sort of a, a, a Spotify playlist of things in the genre of the Pogues you're going to get a bunch of bands that are uh, have, have been influenced by them but are not as good the Pogues yes. were the Pogues at their best were the best yes so what did they know? used to say on a on a what was the the Frank Sinatra radio station that dad would always play the uh they would always say often imitated never never equal. never yeah. equal yep 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 absolutely so i will say much of the same um i will also say this was a lot of fun john i hope we will have you back yeah soon. i'd love to yeah um this now is now not I, one of the albums that, found, that you said that i found your lair <laughs> yes 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 i am very happy that you were here guys go check out johnburnband.com um Man, like I'm, I'm, I'm serious. We we should collab on uh, Low by Eleven. Yeah. We should Where's, do a version of that. Is there not a, like a recording studio in this? We giant do not. I mean, it, it is giant. Yours. We have like you know, but There's honestly, got to be a room that you can turn into a recording studio. Right? Honestly, not for anything. We could probably use what we use here on the podcast, oh. man. We should fucking do it. Yeah. I I don't have a mandolin anymore, but like I could pull that out for this. You know what I mean? Not not necessary. All right, cool. So, yeah. so, but we should do that. We should collab on some stuff. I know I've talked cool. about other songwriting stuff with you, um, but um, yeah, I mean, I think that's all I got. Anybody else? I just want to say thank you, John. Oh, yes. Thank you, it's very nice meeting you today. Thank you so much yes. for having yeah. me. Also, for, thanks for making me feel so welcome. Thank November twenty fourth, John Burman at the World Cafe Live. Yeah. Um, John's going to hit me and Adam up with some um, free tickets for that, some like comp passes, backstage passes, that, and all. And it's only, uh, it's only upstairs. It's not as fancy, but yeah. oh, it's upstairs. Yeah. Oh. We do a couple upstairs now because oh. they're, they're kind of like our Tin Angel shows. You yeah, know, like it's, it's a little weird upstairs, nice. huh? I yeah. like it. I All right, we're it. going. We're they, going. They really—they they did so much work. Oh, are you gonna have to work on Black Friday? Yeah. Isn't <laughs> isn't isn't upstairs? The upstairs is a restaurant. 
restaurant slash. Okay. I, to- I told you no, we talked a, about it. It's a venue. That, it's good. Yeah, it's, it, like, they they put a lot of work into that during COVID. We like, did. The, the sound there is, is Dude, phenomenal. Yeah. The, the, the I've only, I've only ever seen anything on the downstairs. I've yeah, yeah. seen a, a concert and a, a recording of a podcast on, on the downstairs. Gotcha. That. So, so at any rate, we're going to go to John's show on November 24th at the World Cafe Live. So right. you need to get out of work that day. And, uh, <laughs> and we're going to hang out. We're going to check it out. And um, if nobody else has anything else to say, yeah. thank you, John. For then it is time to. Bye!